Hi, this is Nick Dragata of East of West, and you're listening to the 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast. He'd blaze his own little trail there. Didn't need my direction. Entirely capable. I, I, it, because what came out yesterday? There are very few reasons for us to all, it doesn't, I don't want to say very few, it happens a couple times a year, but, you know, when something is brand spanking new, and, and there there are certain things that are pretty much a given, and granted, you know, we, we all kind of read the first issue of Xerxes, but we didn't all talk about the series as a whole. No. We don't, we don't always, I mean, we'll, we'll read what frank does but we may not be in a rush to run to the mic and talk about it amongst ourselves we meaning you two i usually carry the torch i'll talk about it even when you guys don't talk about whatever frank's doing yes absolutely but i'm saying but 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 for us to actually come together and and want and and say this is this it's something like frank playing back in the dark knight universe that will make us all want to make sure we read it to discuss that week it comes okay. out. Okay, so that's the reason. It's not the other that's thing Jason said. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm in a particularly great mood because it's the holiday season. And speaking of the holiday season, I do have a thank you related to the holiday season. So it is. It, it's. But it's a thank you, and and and. But it wasn't what I woke up excited for tonight to talk about. But it's it, it's all good. It's all encompassing. Okay. You know what I'm excited for. Definitely not the holiday season. I'm excited because this is 11 o'clock comics, episode 642, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I've never met a man go so out of his way to make sure he crafts on everybody else's holiday spirit. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. That's not it. I'm not crapping on your holiday spirit. Or Jason's holiday spirit. It's when the stuff is thrust onto me that I get. Well, it's, game it's, just, it's so stressful to have people walk up to you and say, Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas. No, it's like, oh, you got to be playing the Christmas music 72 hours a day. We got 47 channels of Christmas music. Woohoo! about that? Enforced merriment. It's, Wait, we're not forcing you to listen to it. No, but I'm my, my heart, my heart hurts. I, I was my heart hurts for you that, that you've... Lowered your standards to the point where you'll accept this saccharine, ma- manufactured, no, no, fake, see, fake goodwill. Gonna, it is. It's it's off. Now, see, you're proving Dap's point. You are you are going out of your way to be. Now I am because you opened the door. I'm backing up, and I'm Vince B. I know, yeah, we haven't even finished the intros. We'll get back to this, but okay. Go ahead. Yeah, bah, bah humbug to you, sir. But I have the Christmas spirit. Because I know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, because I am Frank Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> you paint houses, don't you? What? You paint houses, don't you? That's it. That's right. I, do, I do a little carpentry, too. Carpentry on the side. That, oh, man. My wife goes, did you finish The Irishman? I said, in one sitting, yeah. Why wouldn't I finish it? It was awesome. Yeah, I, I can only conclude that people that thought it was boring either are too young <laughs> and they're totally consumed by the ADD generation of having to have short bursts of information or they're on crack. Because 
I don't. I mean, I, I know we made fun of Scorsese and his old man take on Marvel movies, but I, I mean, that's vintage Scorsese right there. Yeah. Do people still still use crack? Is like crack still a thing? Yes, it's still a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not a street yes. person. I don't know. Well, neither am I. But yes, it is still a thing. But you one walk on this. One doesn't have to be addicted to it, narcotic, to know. No, it's still but an you are in one of the breeding grounds for the, those types of things so you have a better vantage point than someone in bumfuck pennsylvania is what i'm saying oh i think there's plenty of drugs uh, including crack being used in bumfuck pennsylvania lots of opiates yes um yeah. but i don't know about crack well that's true i mean uh i would agree that's why uh dave Chappelle said in his last special right that uh it took it took white people getting addicted to opioids for it to become an epidemic yep yeah my man i love him but all right awesome we got lots to talk about, but before we dive into it, we got to take care of some business. N- no nonsense, no muss, no fuss. Uh, DCBS promo this time. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com gets you the books you want at the price you want to pay, and they deliver them right to your door. What could be easier? I don't know. From IDW, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica, number one. And if I'm going to do a little digression here if there's one good thing to ever come out of netflix it's getting eastman and laird back together right mm-hmm. my heart i I'm, my voice is shaking as i'm saying this that did the, you watch it yeah that that these two guys who were at odds for a while yeah a long time realized holy like shit 15 years right yeah this is my Lord brother man. we we, yeah. we changed the world together why mm-hmm. are we wasting our time and not working on something now i don't know how it's because um andy coon is working on it with them so i don't know if eastman and laird are going to be doing all of the art or any of the art but the fact remains that eastman and laird are talking they're working on something that's all i care about but anyway um for my idw it's uh teenage mutant ninja turtles Jenica, number one of three, written by Bram Revel and drawn by Bram Revel. This is a, uh, it's a new thing, you know, the uh, spiraling out of the city at war storyline. Uh, cover price is four ninety nine. Your price, fifty percent off that. It's two dollars and forty nine cents. Jason's most anticipated book from this order form: Archie meets B fifty twos, number one, <laughs> written by Alex Segura. And Matt Rosenberg with art by the fantabulous Dan Parent. Three ninety nine cover price, not for you. You're too smart for, to pay that. You're going to get it for $1.99 because you're a DCBS customer. I am mumbling. And uh, last but certainly not least, from Dark Horse, we have a pair of Raphaels. Raphael Scavone and Raphael Ablakirky on a title called Hidden Society. It's a four-issue miniseries coming out of Dark Horse. Cover price is the standard three ninety-nine, but mm-mm, you've tapped into the zeitgeist and you know where to go when you want to get things low, and that's discount comic book service. Dollar ninety-nine, it will cost you. So just fire up your internet browser, dcbservice.com. Oh my God, look at all the money I'm going to save. I'm in. Click, 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 click. There you go. That was a little bit of dramatization at the end of that. You're welcome. So how are we? Oh, just wonderful. I'm doing. I'm doing What's well. Your, since you're doing with with the photography schedule, what is your 
uh, holiday season look like? Like how often? How long? How long do you get off? I get the week between um, Christmas and New Year's off. Nice. Yeah, you'd know that if you read my Slack posts, but obviously, dude, I, listen, I am on that Slack. <laughs> too like busy a beast. being mesmerized by the Christmas tunage filling his his uh, his ears. Nothing wrong with that. I know. No, I was just actually like, I couldn't I couldn't get on Slack very much today. Yeah, so. but the ramp up to that week off is living hell. I've been ah. working, I've been working eight hours at the shop, and then two nights a week, I hop in my car right at five and work till eight thirty at the Santa photos. At so, the what? Santa photos. You guys are doing Santa photos? Mm, it's very lucrative. No, I just didn't know you were doing that. Yeah. So you guys hire a Santa, or is that just yeah, as an L? He's a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh, please. Um, no, he's very good. Natural Santa, Ooh. the uh, the Santa. Oh, the guy you hired. Yes, he's he's jolly and looks the part. Um, he's a little rough around the edges though, but um, he he's very much in the zone. A couple more years, and he'll be uh, he'll be a, a great Santa. I mean, he's good Santa now. That's all the kids want is good Santa. But we're going to give him a great Santa soon. We never did that with our kids. Same. It just always seemed like when you're at the mall, every kid in line is either too young to notice what they're doing or absolutely miserable that they have to do it. Nonplussed, yeah. But I will say, <laughs> holiday photos are like printing money. It's literally More money. than uh, yearbook it, photos? I thought that was the... Um, no, yearbook photos are very lucrative, but um, mm-hmm. because they're staged and they're cosmetic and they have to look like, you know, this is my headshot. I got to look perfect. Yeah. But uh, and they require more, far more work than someone plopping down on Santa's lap. Click 20 bucks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we don't edit it. We don't touch them at all. We just hit print. Wow. Yeah, it's easy money. That's. I was going to say, do you have an entirely new appreciation for the... Comic Con celebrity photo op gimmick. Oh that, yes, uh, yes, yeah. I mean, because yeah. we went through that and talked about what a uh, factory line it is. How you're in there for 13 seconds, and they have the photo printed before you're at the end of the line to pay for it. I mean, that must be just mm-hmm. the margins on that business must be insane. Now I know I have to, they have to give a lot of that back to the celebrities. I realize, but still, right. But when you're charging 50 bucks for a photo, that I won't tell you what it costs to print it. But it it it's like the old. Um, the old story where you know I you're not paying me thirty thousand dollars for three seconds of work. You're paying me thirty thousand dollars for my thirty years of experience that led yep. to me knowing Damn that skippy. I had to give you three seconds of work. So yeah, right. Yeah, no, it, it's fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you get a, a a wonderful cross section of the the population. Mm-hmm. Wonderfuls in quotes. So yeah, nice. but hey, it's fun. So anyway, what are we drinking, you fools? I am drinking hot tea. <laughs> With my pinky out. Woo-hoo. Well, you know what? Well, if you bothered to watch my, my Patreon videos, you would have seen me been drinking tea a lot lately. Yeah, I didn't watch any of them. But I'm going to get a grown two from David. So, Naturally. yes. Um, I'm drinking. I'll be very specific on this. I'm drinking Wendy's Diet Soda. Wow. Okay. 
<laughs> well, wait, wouldn't Wendy's Diet Soda be Coke or Pepsi, depending? Whatever it is. I didn't fill it. They were brought home to me. So uh, they're like, yeah, we went at Wendy's. Um, we drank our drink, and we filled them up with diet for you. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, nice. Thanks. How's Vinny Beats doing? Don't get me started. I'll tell you after the show. Is he he's a sophomore? A, he's a fool. The boy's a fool. Sophomore, though? Yeah. Yeah. Colin just took his SATs this past weekend. Oh, good. Well, we'll see if it's good. No, he's... Come on. He but come, I thought it was pretty easy, which either means he crushed it or he did terribly. So nice. I, don't <laughs> I think it's... Uh, so we'll see. Well, I, I held out hope for Mia, and she proved me right. But the other two, I'm going to just be happy if they, they do reasonably well. Right. But Mia destroyed it. Nice. Yeah. Like her daddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, we almost got Griffin the same grade. Griffin and Tara. Oh, yeah. the same SAT score? Nice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, it's much different scoring paradigm now than it was when we took it. But Yes. Yeah. But cool. That's cool. It's karma. It is. If Colin, if Colin, Colin matches his dad's score, he's going to be very, very happy. The kid comes from very good uh, breeding stock, very intelligent, uh, both father and mother. I'll give you a compliment. So he's going he, he to do really he does. Although I don't know about her. I don't know about her saying <laughs> the fox, the bear, the toad, and the, the centipede isn't comics because it's clearly comics. But You stole a story. I was going to share an anecdote with you. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I can take it out. No, they don't know fine. what I'm talking about anyway. No, you're right. We'll, it, we'll, we'll get back around to it, but no, I have yeah. an anecdote about that. That's nice. I love anecdotes. <laughs> but uh, what uh, what are you drinking, Dap? Um, I am enjoying, um, judging by what's left in the bottle, quite a bit of Diseño Old Vine Malbec from uh, Argentina. And it How is, is it? Uh, it is going down. Real freaking easy. I decided to, uh, we had burgers tonight, so I decided that um, this seems fitting, and I um, didn't realize how much I had um, imbibed while making dinner. And um, Oh, boy. But I don't, I'm not, no, I, I actually, I mean, I'm not, it, it hasn't, I guess enough time has passed now where I haven't had, um, I haven't had a glass in, in about a half hour or so. So, I mean, I'm okay. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I, I haven't had it in in months, and and I saw it at the store when I was uh, picking up a couple of things. I figured, what the hell, and and yeah, I, I yeah. this was a a happy accident to fall back to. So I'm I am enjoying it. Nice, awesome. So uh, do we? We do have thank yous before we go into the, the we have uh, thank yous and we have shout outs. But yes, the meeting room. So why don't you guys make with those? Okay. Uh, well, I am gobsmacked. We have been at this for a while, and we are spoiled rotten many times with the things that people send us, right? I mean, you can all agree. We get we get sent things, and it's, like, ridiculous how generous everybody is. Um, but one of our listeners, who I'll mention in a minute, uh, was very excited about shipping me something, and clearly he was hoping it would get here Uh before we recorded because he was like oh it was he was hit me up with the tracking updates on the regular he was very very excited so i was like oh my, my curiosity's really peaked here you know i thought is it was it something maybe for all three of us to share or you know was it like liquor or something 
It, now, unfortunately for y'all, it wasn't any of those things. <laughs> but, but fortunately for me, it was something way, way more awesome. And it's almost like one of those things where you feel guilty accepting it. Um, so I have been doing those Patreon videos, and we talked about the favorite Transformers last episode. Oh, boy. And I, w- I went through my top five Transformers, as we know, and then Vince and Dap talked about theirs. And um, I mentioned that I love Combiners, and I had two Combiners on my top five list, Devastator and Predaking. Well, freaking Mr. Peter Drummond sent oh. me a Transformers Platinum Edition G1 Predaking. Stop. Mint inbox, brand new. Ugh. It is I, like I almost I'm almost tearing up over here. I, I can't even believe it. It's so glorious and magnificent. Part of me doesn't want to open the box, but part of me very much wants to finish up the show quickly so I can open up the box. Don't put. I'll have so, you put the stickers on it. I'm good. I'll, figure, I'll, I'll manage. I'll manage. So what do you think yeah, I'm going to crook it? What are you going to take it if I help? Yeah, you? Pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. So Peter, man, thank you so much. I, I, I honestly, it's 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 ridiculously thoughtful and nice gift and I, I I'm almost embarrassed by it but uh, but it's it's awesome and thank you so much and, and it's going to look fantastic in the comic room and I will be sure to send you pics but uh, I tip my glass to you sir and uh, this is, is really a treasure so I I, I, I hope I, I hope words do not fully convey how, how how touched I am by the by the gesture that is an awesome gift that that ranks up there with the best yes. gifts of all time and I'm just seriously, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy, Vince. Without looking, could you name all five Predacons? Oh Christ! I used to be able to. Um, okay. Uh, there's Warwolf is one of them. No. What's the wolf? What's the wolf one? There, uh, the uh, Razor Claw is. There is no wolf. There's there's a lion. Nice. There's a lion. Uh, a uh, like a panther, a bull. A rhino and a bird of prey. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to name them. Headstrong. You probably Torox. wouldn't be able to name them either if you weren't looking at. Oh the back no, of the there's box. no chance. I wouldn't be able to name them. Torox, Rampage, Dive Bomb, and Razor Claw. I have a G1 Razor Claw upstairs. It's complete on my shelf, but it's the only part of Predaking that I have. Nice. Yeah. Well, I got them all now, and you don't got them. <laughs> okay, Eddie. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what you get from mocking Christmas music. Mm. Yeah, it all comes back to that. So huge internet hugs, Peter. Thank you so much. Good As job. What else do we have? Uh, I was able to actually give a, a in-person and physical hug to our good pal, Frankie the Dildinator. Uh, who, the building. Uh, uh, he um, he he stopped by my office and uh, like he did last year, he um, gave me a homemade bottle of uh, the label says uh, Frankito, but it his uh, it's it's his uh, coquito drink, which is uh, similar to eggnog but better. And, yeah, coquito. Um, yeah, I just watched the yeah. cooking show where they made it. Yeah. Nice, and uh, with a couple cinnamon sticks, and uh, so that is right now sitting in the fridge, and depending on how I feel when we're done tonight, um, 
Maybe I'll have some, or I'll just uh, save it for the weekend. Wait but, a minute. Um, wait, wait. Back up. His face huh? is on the label? It is. Oh, stop. Stop. Wait, no. <laughs> stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would, I would lose it. I would lose it if I ever saw that. So is it Coquito, Coquito del Dildonator? <laughs> no. See, because I don't think I, I think he mass, I, I think he prints all the all the stickers at the same time, so he doesn't he doesn't Holy do a Dildonator balls. special for the EOC folks. I'm pretty sure the whole family gets this. Oh so yeah, God. yeah, I don't oh, no <laughs> give it to Aunt Aunt Cindy don't. here. I gave you a bottle of Dildonator. Dildonator's <laughs> <laughs> Coquito. Oh, thank uh, you. But yeah, so that is um, he's he's a uh, he's he's, he's a, a hell guy, and he'll yeah. He'll, um, he'll be, will be one of the only few people on on campus on uh, on Christmas Eve. It looks like so that's fine. Not that's company. free money. It's free money, dude. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not a. I, I don't mind working it. I I mind the. Well, the the the, the slackers know this. The yeah. the slackers. They it, it, it's 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 the bullshit that you know like. I hooked you up earlier in the year, and you decided to still just dick me over later right. in the year. No, so. it is a bit sadistic knowing full well that no work is going to get done on that night to have yeah. an employee come in just to just to fill a seat. It's a, it's a bit sadistic, but people are sadistic. But it's what are you do? It's, it's you know we have to we have to make sure. God, God forbid, some VP can't access their email for a minute and. Yeah, it's probably know. a dancing elf video anyway. Jib jab. Yeah, so, jib jab. I can't click uh, on this. Well, no, it's an animated jib jab, Vince. You probably can't play it. The uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, and now he perks up because it's about me. See? <laughs> he he was doing football scores or whatever in the background. Oh made a funny event. I'm gonna laugh real loud. I just got done talking about Predator King. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but that was given to you. You didn't. You didn't I know, bring you that. To... Like, I was silent for five minutes. I was silent for like twelve seconds. It's long enough. <laughs> Cut it out. All right, we have uh, thank yous out of the way. We have a shout out. Uh, we have two shout outs. What? Um, yes. Uh, we have a, a Mr. David Bloomer. What up? And Robert. Cronister, who actually, I believe, according to the email that, re- that came in not too long ago, uh, commented on a recent Patreon post. So uh, did, it may yes. have been it may have been uh, Jason's recent video. Oh, sick! So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I mean, we're not. I don't. We, we've we've got plenty of time to talk about how awesome the slackers are, and and uh, they are. They know they are, and it's been it, it's been a great week over there. But it re- yeah. it really has. It's 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 getting lively over there. Yeah, and, it's uh, dare I say it's starting to feel a little bit like the the heyday of of the of the forum. Yeah, well, I mean, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, Just it's with the it's, energy, right, and the interaction. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously for anybody who's not familiar, what's like it's not as structured like like a message board or a no, forum. No, the, the, the conversations are are rapid and and um, and yeah, like you said, the energy, the 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 vibe is just it's it's a good place to be. Yes. yes. And Facebook was a fun place this week because we got lots of people to peek out from uh, the lurking and, and say hello, which which it always warms my heart. Yeah. So anything come out this week you anybody want to talk about? I think something came out. Um, what this? Strike Force number four came out this week. <laughs> 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 Spider-Man 299, I think, didn't it? Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, a couple things came out from Marvel, but we're not going to talk about those. Uh, we, maybe we will later on, but the the main thing, or the 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 opening salvo in this episode is obviously we got to talk Dark Knight Returns, the Golden Child. Do we have to talk about it? Or we got to talk it? all about it. <laughs> Frank Tarkenton. Oh, here we go. <laughs> written, written by Frank Miller, a very very lucid Frank Miller. Thankfully, that is true. He's yeah, he's having a good a good a good moment. Yes, uh, the art by the incomparable Raphael Grandpa with oh. Lynn Varley s color by Jordi Belair, and that's a compliment. And the letters, John Workman, who has redeemed himself for the travesty that was heavy liquid. <laughs> that and was like twelve years ago, but okay. Well, that's okay. Now. Still. Yeah. The, we didn't mention it because we wanted to be nice, but now that it's past tense, the lettering in Heavy Liquid's horrible. But anyway, um, uh, John Workman and Daron Bennett on letters. I'm very reluctant to break it down. I want to do something a little different mm. because okay. I'm just going to do a top level. Uh-huh. I didn't see it until the last page because um, – and there was a, a an appearance – on the last page that made me think, huh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's very, very blatant. Um, so obviously it was calculated. Uh, for those who haven't read this yet, the person of the year. You think she was in there from the beginning or you think they may have uh, called an audible before it went to print? I don't know. Um, it's a nice drawing, so it doesn't look it like it was it, it was rushed. But person of the year, Greta Thunberg, is on the last page amidst the masses uh, rallying to not Batgirl, Batwoman's now, yeah. uh, Batwoman's cry. And I thought, mm, let me go back. What what exactly is going on here? You got Darkseid teaming up with the Joker to pull the strings on this phony re-election campaign for a Trump look-alike. Uh, it's a governor, governor. but it, for all sakes, yeah. for all intents and purposes, it's, a, it's, it's Trump. And, um, I mean it, yeah, I was going to say. And he's a, literally he, his face. Yeah, it. he's a puppet. And and use the word he's literally a puppet. There's a scene where the Joker is like, "Hey, all the sw- subtlety in this, all the swag came." Uh, here, look at, and it's like there's a little Trump puppet being squeezed, squoezed in the Joker's hand. So I'm thinking, okay, you got a bunch of old guys behind the curtains pulling the strings, instilling chaos on around an election to keep the population bamboozled. You have. Uh, the Joker's clowns instilling violence and, and berating the the people who are all just so sick of the hate and they're protesting the the governor and the, the, that's the new way of thinking. You have the old way of thinking. The, the whole book is just a rallying cry to the youth. That's what, that's what the golden child is. The, 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 the focus is on the youth. It's on Jonathan and Lara and Carrie. It's not on Batman. It's not on Superman, who's written like an right. in-bed. So you, the, the old guard is shunted to the side. You have the kids fending off the biggest bad of the old guard possible, dark side. And I think Miller's saying, yo, wake up. You guys are young. You have the power to change everything. Do it. Look around you. You have an insipid 
slug of a person and the people that put him there in office doing despicable things, acting very unpresidential, making your country a laughing stock, and yet you, you, you're just going to sit by and let all this happen? No. Go do something about it. That's what this book is doing. That's, this, that's the golden child in a nutshell, I think. It's just Frank saying, you guys can change things. I 1,000% agree with your interpretation, sir. Oh, nice. I was a little worried. Really? Yeah, because you let it go to the last minute. And you didn't say anything because you didn't read it. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm really not in the mood to fight. I'm not. Because you know me. Frank could poop on the paper and I would defend it. Even at my own, I had a loss to myself. I would defend it because it's Frank. The, the, mm-hmm. and which was surprising that I did not defend Superman Year One because there was nothing really to defend. Sure, I, I really couldn't defend that thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I have to be honest. I until just now I didn't notice that that was Greta Thunberg on the page. You're right; it is her. I, I just didn't notice. Yeah, and uh, his fascination yeah. with the youngest member of the the super family, Jonathan. Is very telling because he's he's not going for for Lara, who's what about eighteen now? Yeah, give or yeah, take. So and, and Carrie's probably a little bit older, not by much. Oh yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, they're they're, you know, I don't want to say twenty somethings, but they're approaching twenty. Where Jonathan, he's a babe, and so Darkseid's focusing on him. Let's corrupt the youth. And get them thinking in, you know, mm-hmm. lo- you know, walking in step with us old dudes, and then we'll be okay because our people are going to die off soon. We are, we've already convinced them. It's these young kids we got to convince. So uh, that's the message of the Golden Child. <laughs> By the way, I mean, I'm not. I guess it is pertinent given what we just talked about. But uh, Greta's th- Twitter page, mm-hmm. her bio right now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She her bio. A teenager working on her anger management problem, currently chilling and watching a good old-fashioned movie with a friend. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> well, and that's in response because... Yeah, that's what Trump told her to, to, to yeah. do, yeah. Oh, yeah. she's so angry. She's chill. Yeah. She's she's Idiot. not... She should be angry. I Time saw... person of the year. Yeah, and, and well-deserved. And it was said, oh, it's very predictable. The obvious choice is predictable. Yeah, that, that mean time is always... I mean, that's the point. It's yeah. the person that's the most prominent when you think of the year. So, yeah, she she is an awesome. I, I I hope she's not like a child star. You know what I mean? I, I hope that this is the start of a massively important life for her. I think in she's political special. activism. There's, she's got a spark. Oh, I think so. Too. She's sixteen yeah. years old, and and she's got the wisdom of 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 someone uh, as old as you, Vince. Well, um, at sixteen, I was trying to score copies of penthouse yeah so yeah. she's got it all over me i love this she says if anyone thinks that what i and the science are saying is advocating for a political view then that says more about that person than about me that being said some are certainly failing more than others she's gotta, you gotta hand it up to her she's she's got stuff going on very very Shout good stuff to the yeah yeah but, but yeah, but. Back, back to the comic. Mm-hmm. So, so what did you guys think? I mean, I, well, like I said, I think you're exactly right. I, uh, I, I was more excited about this comic because of Raphael Grampa's art, 
going in than I was for the story. Meaning, um, joking aside, I haven't been very compelled by Frank's writing in some time, and that's fine. We don't have to rehash that. Uh, but I figured this would be a spectacle, and um, Grump was one of those interesting cats who does almost nothing professionally. I mean, he, he doesn't do a lot of comics. I mean, he's Stranko level in the sense that, that you can he, he doesn't have much of a bibliography for the regard with which many, myself included, hold him in. I mean, Mesmo Delivery Service was a minute ago. I mean, that was back when we first started the show. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't done and a much handful of pages in in the the Marvel Strange Tales. Yeah, 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 yeah right. I mean, Darlings. I mean, I'm that, sure he's like doing four or five pages of living. Right. Yeah. But but uh, and his his commissions are thousands of dollars a piece. But but yeah, I mean, it he he does his reputation does precede him in a lot of ways relative to his comics career. So I was just just thrilled at the idea of getting him to draw something like this. Um, and I knew that I would enjoy the book purely for the visuals if I didn't read a single word balloon. Um, I think that you're right, Vince, in your description. If I'm being fair, I I think it is needless to say straight on the nose. I mean, Frank, Frank is not one as Dap says for subtlety, particularly at this point in his life. Um, and I, I'm curious as people listen to this and give us feedback. Um, I think my ability to enjoy this is in no small part driven by the fact that I share Frank's political messaging in the book. Right. So the on the nose doesn't bother me because I think it's worth rubbing said message in people's faces. Um, If you're more nuanced in your political views or you're on the other side, I would imagine this book probably is not enjoyable in the least bit for you. And too bad. Yeah. Which ties into something we were talking about on the Slack, where if someone on the right read this book, if their judgment of the artistic side of it, in in terms of the the writing, the quality of the writing, the construction of the story, the art, um, everything, just the complete package... If the, their their perception of the book is clouded by the fact that Frank's not being too kind to their guy, then I think they're missing a very crucial part of what it means to consume art. It's like, I'm not reading that. It, uh, this, this book is terrible because it makes Trump look like a clown. Well, Trump is literally a, a clown in this. I mean, I, I, I perceive that the governor in quotes may not even exist at all. It may be a mouth. It may, he may be a mouthpiece for the Joker, but I mean, the jury's still out. They don't really show that. And it's not necessarily, uh, it's not needed to be shown. The right. fact that this person is just a pawn of the Joker and dark side is enough, but you don't see the governor in anything other than a poster or a, um, a, like a news snippet that features the art in the poster. So I, he may exist, he may not exist. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, s- someone reading this may think, well, this is not too kind to my to my guy. This work sucks. But does the work really suck just because it's not in line with your political beliefs? What about the art? There's nothing about this art that sucks. Right? No, there's, that is for no. sure. Right. Yeah. There's There's nothing about the story. Like Frank is on the ball. He may have gotten up a little early, 
on this day that he wrote this and, you know, maybe went for a jog or something. Well, and no. I'm just saying, like, he was plugged in. There's no asides that, that aren't crucial to what Frank is trying to say. There's no um, meandering with the storyline like we saw with DK3, Master Race. There was things in Master Race that really didn't need to be there. But it was just Frank doing what Frank does. And that's okay. Now, this was very this is, cogent. This is where we're going to disagree or, or split hairs. And, and this is why one reason why I was really looking forward to this is because it's written by Frank Miller. The Master Race... Frank's name is on it, but he's not credited as the writer. Well, he it's, told it's Brian Azzarello with Frank Miller, and and I, with it, it's it, because of because Brian is playing with toys that that Frank got to play with thirty twenty years ago. That you know, whatever, but yeah, this is and and this right here because of Lara, because of Jonathan. Yes, things th- this this spins out of. The master race, but it's Frank. As far as I'm concerned, love or hate strikes again. This is Frank returning to the Dark Knight universe fully. In my mind, this is this is Frank going back to that world and, because and, he's driving the bus. You know, because it's his story. Yes, yeah. and and even even as and the art is absolutely fantastic, and there are there are panels in here where I'm like, I don't know if if Frank kind of just maybe. The, the Giffen style breakdowns and and because because it, it it there's there are pages here where it reminds me of just straight Frank it reminds me of of the quietly it reminds me of uh, even Fifa there, there's some panels here on like that that could have been like taken out of Cobra it's just I I absolutely love the artwork in this issue and there are there are three splash pages that I keep as I flip through it and keep going back to I just I, I the dark side one Batwoman leaping through the air and then the early on with um as as jonathan gets a little older and it's and it's he and lara just i mean he's and whereas lara's still so, so obviously grandpa red master race or at least is familiar with it because he has larry in the same kind of her her legs tucked under her as she's just floating through the sky and, and it's not like you know she's not flying like like star brand or superman or anybody like that it's just you know that's just she's comfy and in, in that position just flying through the air jonathan barely takes his hands out of his pockets it's just like you know it's like he's he's just kind of like wa- as if he's walking just through the air um it's 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 a great setup and i yeah i wasn't expecting dark side joker looks just like frank drew him in the in in the first miniseries it's it's um this I don't want. I'm not going to say this is what I wanted or what I expected from Master Race, but this just feels like I came home to something a lot more familiar than Master Race ever was, and um, it's almost like you know, just just because here's Lara and and not even Superman, it's Clark Kent for a couple of panels on the first page, and then that's it for him. But it's it's you know, it's a Lara and Jonathan story with with Batwoman, but. You know, it, if if it wasn't, if 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 Master Race didn't give us two of the characters that are in this book, 
you wouldn't even need to read Master Race to 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 know who these characters are. And you kind of know who they are. If, if you didn't read Master Race, if you skipped it, you can still, I think you could still read and enjoy this just because of what you know from Frank playing around with the Dark Knight. But, um, yeah, I mean, topical or, 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 or timely subject matter um, aside, I... This was one of those instances where I read it and then I went back to the beginning and flipped through it and kind of just almost speed read kind of skimmed to read it again because I just I I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really sat and, and it's it was weird because at first because I, I you know, oh great it's it's a kid, but I had absolutely no problem with Jonathan in this issue. But but Lara and, and it was funny because I didn't see Vince's message on on our Slack until until I woke up this morning, and I'm like, I I get why I understand why Lara feels the way she does towards people, towards humans, but I just I feel she is completely and totally wrong in her thinking. I, there there are people in this world who. Yeah, I, you know, I could say we'd be a lot better off without that person, but that's she's just looking at us from high up on her perch because she can. She has that ability. She's she is godlike and and if if you're not you know anyone who's not my invulnerable is is beneath her, not worth her time, not worth saving, and and I can't get behind someone like that. And and for Jonathan to be the voice of reason, because even there's a point where he's just like like he's had it, and he's just like Lara. Whatever it is, whatever is it that makes you angry all the time? And and she's like, well, look at these people, and he's like, so she's learned nothing from her parents, but just for her to have this. It, it it was close to being off-putting early on in the issue, but it happened and and it, and it was kind of done away with. I'll say done away with pretty quickly. We were able to move on to to the meat of the story, but but Lara is a character that I don't need to read more about right now. I disagree with you that she hasn't learned anything from her parents. Uh, She's learned more from her brother, I think. Vehemently disagree with you because if she did not learn anything from Superman and Wonder Woman, she would be, when this issue opens, she'd be raising the land. She'd be burning and destroying and just eliminating all yeah. these little vermin. Oh, oh you're right. She's, yeah. She got, she, uh, she has a portion of their, whether she likes it or not. Right. It's all her restraint. Yeah. She, she does yeah. admit yeah. to serving mankind because dad said so. These are the people we serve. We don't rule them. Yeah. We serve them. So she did learn something. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're at odds on this because I think Lara's a great character. I love the way she flies. She will not let her feet, yes. her feet touch the, the, the dirty, disgusting ground that all these vermin, you know, walk over. And I, I think if you were the product of, of gods, you'd feel this way. 
I mean, how can and we put, put and, ourselves and, in this shell? We can't. We don't know what it's like to have this kind of power. And But right. I, I can wrap my head around thinking that if you did and you saw all these little ants that get sick and all they do is eat shit, make more little ants, they're, they're swayed by the, the most um, base of, of individuals. Like there, there's a, a certain amount of people in this issue that are captivated by the governor. And that says a lot about humanity, that something yeah. as foul as that can sway someone to their but camp. But you have but to take the good with the bad. The, we, she's, she's, these, we are... Not when you're a god, you don't. No, but see, but 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 she's she's a visitor. She's not. Yes, I mean, I get it. And, and she's a great character, and and she's you know she, she's exactly who she needs to be. It doesn't mean I have to like her personality or or, or who she is. I, I get it. Yeah, she's a great character. I mean, there are great characters in 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 movies and literature that that are absolute scumbags, but they're still because of they're written and how they're portrayed. They are. Yeah, they're great. I mean, you know, it, it's Gary Oldman plays a fantastic. You don't have to like Cop every character. Lee on a professional, but he's a piece of shit. And yeah. and you know, so there but yeah, so and I'm not saying Lara's a piece of shit, but Lara just she has she's just yes, she thinks she's so much better than everybody else. And because of her abilities and because of who we are, who humans are, yes, yeah, she is better than us, but for her to think that the way she is or the way she sees like her she doesn't she doesn't get us and which is why jonathan throws her a look and she even's like she's like don't look at me that way she's like you know you you're, you're not you you don't know everything you're younger than i am you don't get it and and obviously he does and and and, and so she's yeah she's she has if you want to Say she has every right to feel that way that she does. She she she's acting like an entitled teenager, like all the other entitled teenagers that you and I both know. And 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 but but her it's amplified because she has this ability to just rip you right. from limb to limb. And and that that doesn't make you better. That that doesn't her her ability to fly through the air and not touch the ground and 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 shoot laser beams out of her eyes. That doesn't make her a better individual. No matter what she thinks, she just because she has this power doesn't make her a a good person. And it, it's great that you know her her parents are of great stock. And 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 but even Superman, Superman, you know, when in all the stories you you can read about, you know, Superman could be a god on this planet and and have everybody look up to him and just you know. His word is law, and and that's the way it is. But he doesn't because he knows we can do better, we can be better, and 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 he doesn't need to do it for us. He can show us, but it it, it it's so it's it's the helping hand. It's not it, it it's, right. it's not. But the not only the, the only way the only reason why he feels that way is because he was raised right. by by two blue collar workers. In yes. the 1930s, mm-hmm. he didn't have the social media right. static growing up. He didn't have. He wasn't bombarded by instant gratification 24/7. Lara is a product of now. If yes. Superman fell into that Kansas cornfield now, and was raised 
I think it would be a very, very different story. I think he would be more inclined to think like Lara than he would had yeah. the had the Kent's race. Well, how many Elseworlds do we have? Where where yeah, I mean, Red Sun is. I mean, we we've we 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 know what the alternative would be if if he didn't have Jonathan and Martha finding him in the in the field. Then yeah, we wouldn't. Have, I mean, that that that's why we have Hyperion. We we got Squadron Supreme. We we know what right. it's like if if someone doesn't have that guiding light and and that wisdom and that 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 because i i truly do believe that humans want to do the right thing we we i i oh, I, I believe that no I, I know and it's very easy to say that you know i mean you look around and it's like yes yeah, someone wants to kill someone else but why why do you want to hurt someone else because they have something you don't because you feel it i mean we it, it's all there are millions of reasons why people act the way they do, but but for the most part, there's a there there absolutely is a, a deep inside. I'm, I don't want I don't know if I want to say most of us because yes, there are there are some people who are wired differently, and 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 that's that's a whole nature versus nurture argument. But there, I do believe that deep down there is something inside everyone that there's a spark where they they can care for someone else or 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 they can there so many people lack empathy or just have it just squashed down so that it doesn't exist in them anymore but but i i i truly do believe that that the majority of people want want something better for their neighbor just i because if if i don't I can't I can't go through life thinking that everybody just wants to be selfish and self-centered and 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 just this is mine we're not we're not a world of larfleezes so we just we need I I I need to know that there are people out there who care for other people and want other people to succeed and do well and just I I I, I don't I don't want to think a world exists where the majority Think like Lara. Hmm. Um, I come down on the side of Vince on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I think everything you're saying, David, is see. I think where I'm going to disagree is I with you both in a little bit is that I don't think either of those worldviews are mutually exclusive. Um, in to get serious for a second, in my line of work, as you all know, we invest in things. And, and one of the ways with which we invest is we spend a lot of time looking at long-term demographic cycles and then figure out who benefits or loses during those, those cycles. And I firmly believe that as a species, we are absolutely everything Lara points us out to be. I, I think you could even make a credible argument that we are a blight on this otherwise perfect ecosystem that we're almost like a virus that was put here. And uh, we are, in the time span of the world's existence, we are destroying it in record time. We're like a super flu that kills you in 24 hours. I don't, I, okay. So, uh, so Right, but, but that's it. But that does not in any way, that being a reality doesn't mean that on an individual level, we have the ability to do what you call empathy, because, that, but that doesn't really matter in Lara's view or from a from a demographic view, that shouldn't matter. Be, because you're kind to the to the to the cell next to you doesn't mean that you aren't destroying the host regardless. 
So I'm not, they're, right, they're not mutually right, exclusive. No. That's all I'm saying is, is that is that um, and I think frankly our humanity and the many layers that we put upon ourselves in terms of societal norms and our emotional norms. Um, it, it, in a lot of ways, is the reason we're in this mess to begin with because we always find ways to excuse our behavior. Uh, you know, it's like how many times have we all said in our own lives, said, well, I'm going to do me, or i got to look out for myself, yes, or i got to look out yes, for my family. Yeah. Or, you know, like, yeah, I want to help you, but i got to help me and my family first. Like, they come first. And it's all of those decisions. Like, yes, if you're doing what you got to do to put food in your kid's mouth, like, that's a noble thing. It's a human thing. However... That also probably means that you're doing things that are destroying the world, and it's no it's no mistake that that uh, that Greta is in this book now that you pointed out because really that's why this young generation is embracing things like socialism in a way that they view socialism as a complementary term where we grew up thinking it was a dramatic insult, and part of that is because they're saying you know what like. You can make all the excuses you want that you wanted to have nicer homes and give your kids better lives and have a better station in life and have awesome cars and go on trips. But guess what? Like all of those things collectively are destroying the Earth's ecosystem in a rate that every scientist that looks at it thinks we will be destroying the Earth. We all know it to be true, and yet we all complain about it, but nobody is actually yeah. changing it. Yeah, and, yeah. I th- right? and I think Frank is speaking exactly that through Lar when she says, look at all these these rats. They they eat, they they shit, they they copulate, they still use fossil fuels. Their technology yeah. is at a level where they could do miraculous things and yet people are still dying. The the um the technology has been used not to better the planet, but to make more effective weapons. Yeah. And so she I mean I, she's right to look down at them because she feels that everyone on the planet that isn't doing something about it which speaks to the last page is complicit. You you one person's not going to change it. Where if you get a mass of like thinkers like the the youth then we have a chance. You know, and to foster that kind of thinking doesn't happen overnight. So you're not going to change the old guard. They're, they're, they're going to deny climate change. They're going to keep fighting their wars. They're going to keep drilling for that stupid stuff in the ground that we shouldn't be using uh, after all these years. But you got to get the kids to, to wake up and realize that we're sliding down that slope, guys. And so, of course, she snubs her nose at them. Like, you guys could change this, and you're not doing anything. You're, you're, you're vermin. You're just populating the planet, making it real heavy and dead, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to move on. It's going to be a lifeless shell. That's what Darkseid wants to do with the planet anyway. He's the dude that just wants to snuff it all out. So, of course, he's the enemy. I was wondering, I'm, I, as I was reading the issue, thinking, what possible reason would Darkseid have to get his fingers in an election of all things. Like, it's just so mundane. What could dark side? Yeah. Do? I mean, he references like being interested in the agents of chaos, but I, I don't, there's no, I'm real, with you. I, uh, I think if there's a flaw in the book, meaning from a plot perspective, it was that, which is that I understand having dark side in this makes it super cool because of how powerful he is. Well, he's the Omega. 
No, right, right, no, yeah. but but I'm with you in that it's just it seems so beneath him to bother with politics yeah. or the Joker, right? To work not. with the Joker, yeah. like yeah, he, yeah, you're perfect, you're you're a perfect idiot, and that's exactly what I need. But you're instilling all this chaos, and it, it's helping this our side of the election. But I don't know what Dark Side would ever get out. Maybe it's entropy, but it seems mm. so small scale for Dark Side that I, I just. Right. I, I don't understand. But like you said, it, it was cool to see Darkseid. There was one missed opportunity as far as the uh, visuals go when Darkseid blasted Lara with the Omega effect. And she's out running them and she's doing her little swoops and, and stuff. And Jonathan blasts Darkseid. That bottom panel where Lara directs the Omega beams back into Darkseid. He mm-hmm. should have been turned around. She should have crammed those Omega Beams right up his ass. Nice. I mean, not not explicitly. He should have had his back to the Omega Beams. It would have spoken volumes that, hey, old man, we're going to take your doctrine and cram it right up your ass. Mm-hmm. I, th- I just think that one panel could have been... That's the one panel that I would have changed in the entire book. Because it would have it would have been conceptually more rich than just Darkseid getting hit by his Omega Beams. It's cool and all, but getting hit from behind would have been much more powerful, I think. I was stunned, yeah. I was stunned how good this issue was. I, I knew Grandpa would kill it. Um, and, and he displays, like Jason said, there's flourishes of, you know, classic Miller in this thing with the, with the shadows there's I was Daps that said it just to be fair but what Daps said there's there's the 12 panel grid on a couple pages or one page that you know speaks to the original uh he's doing his own thing he's doing a little bit of uh uh a new thing that I don't think I've ever seen from Grandpa where it's it's almost understated like there are some panels that had just have a blizzard of lines but then you got mm-hmm. some panels where it's very very spare and I was like, okay, that's cool. I, I like that. You don't got to litter the thing with a, a gajillion lines just to make a point. You, you've made your mm-hmm. point, and you don't need to overwork it. Yeah, I think visually, Grumpa definitely tried to take his style uh, a little more in Frank's direction, I'm sure, by design. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's impressive because I love Grumpa's work. Uh, but if you compare this to Mesmo, Mesmo is a much more – exaggerated anatomy um very very different look yeah uh, and so i i but but even though this is much different from that i feel i think it's it's breathtaking i, I think i i love his rendition of dark side i think yep. it's oh, awesome absolutely. he's larger than life and yeah um yeah no i i, I the visuals i think were were as 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 anticipated and i don't know of, what it is about carrie they like to exploit this young lady Miller did it himself when on remember in uh DK2 when she when she shrunk down and mm-hmm. uh, he put her in his mouth now this one with the tongue that panel with the tongue, with tongue. Yeah. oh yeah the sonic god yeah. hit the sonic it's I, and I don't think she's overtly sexualized but there no. are there are times when they just make her seem like far like a sexual beast and she's not that old so we shouldn't really be 
portraying her like that, especially in DK2. I mean, she mm-hmm. was young in that. She was much younger. But yeah. in this, okay, so say, say she's, let's just say she's 20. <clears throat> okay, you're, you're, you're fair game. But that tongue, it's, it's, it's too, <laughs> it's too lovingly rendered for me. I can't, I get to that page and that all, all I see is the tongue. That's and it may be our album art for this episode. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Joker's even wearing uh, the back of his jacket has um, the uh, the same statement that Melania's jacket had following yeah. a um, a disaster once. But it, it's. But what um, else though? What else about the jacket? It's the American flag. It's the American flag. Yeah. That's that's pretty hard hitting. Yeah. Well, you know, he's not subtle. There's a. Um, I mean, and there's even an exchange where, and and this is. Yeah, it's it's weird. I didn't really pick up on this initially, um, but when um, when Carrie is um, is there with Lara facing, um, they're 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 facing Darkseid, um, and and Darkseid saying, you know, join me, become whole, that endless empty ache within you, fill it. Um, mm. reap the whirlwind and Carrie's like are you Larry you, you really buying all this she's like why shouldn't I you speak in my language and it's like it, it's like so it's 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 almost like that like Carrie's the one with hope and Lara's the not and and it's just it's 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 so the opposite of of their their mentors or their parents more or less but it it's um yeah it's it's weird I I don't what what's weird is that I know I'm not disagreeing with anything either of you have said, especially Jason breaking down with, with, with what's mutually exclusive. It, it's there. No, yes, you're absolutely right. If, if I were to, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, there's a reason why, you know, you're supposed to put your mask on first before you help your kid on a plane, because if you're dead, you can't help your kid. So there's just, there are certain things where, yeah, I, I need to do many, take care of my family. I need to, do this for my family first, even if that means I got to drive across town in my goddamn Hummer, knowing it's shit for the environment, but I have to take care of my family before I do something for you. It's yeah, we, we might have best interest in our, I, I guess it's, I guess it's one of those, you know, idealist versus realist things. I I'm aware of the way the world is. I just want to believe things that people can be, better than they are sure and i think to your point david that's the that is the thing that makes superman not a despot right he sees the best in humanity he sees humanity for what it can be and at its best and strives to provide a world where they can be that and and that is such a unique thing given how powerful he is and well, and then you have Batman, the... which is Batman does Batman's just the opposite, right? He he I think generally sees humanity as as a as a blight and and highly flawed and exploits those flaws and weaknesses to achieve his goals and and that's why they're uh, uh, God God's forbid me being the Marvel zombie that I am but that's why they're <laughs> the perfect that's why they're the perfect archetypes uh, the yin and the yang of of superheroes, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you uh, Superman sees through the lens of the Kents. Sure, sure. Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman doesn't have a lens other than his own. He didn't. No, he does. Yeah, he didn't well, have parents. He had Alfred's, but it's it's. Yeah, but no, no, no. Oh no, Alfred was a good surrogate father. Um, yes. but a father he was not because you need the 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 other half. You need the mother. 
Right. And so Bruce yeah. was raised without that clarifying lens where Clark from the get go had 2020 vision. This is the way it should be, my young man. Um, and, and he was lucky enough to, to have parents that realized I know what it's mm -hmm. like to work a 12 hour day I, right. and, and that, struggle. That, yeah. You know. That said, I, I don't, I absolutely, how could I not agree with what you're saying? But, but then again, I mean, Vince, you have teen kids. I have teen kids. Uh, you know, Dap's got a, a an adult stepson. Uh, you know, there there is a point in all children's lives when, just as part of the evolutionary process, they question their parents more than anyone. Right? They they question yeah. our our, yeah. our life yeah. choices, our habits, yeah. our decisions. They 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 now many times they come around and decide that. A lot of the things we do or believe or, or the traits that we have are are, are they kind of go full circle and appreciate them and and emulate them. But but equally so, I think lots of kids uh, fight against their parents' views and traits. Uh, so so while I agree that that it starts by being brought up in this near perfect idyllic uh, husband wife father mother setting. At some point, especially when Clark was coming to adolescence and realizing he was in essence a god he was still able to go through that process of, of challenging all those assertions and coming back around and say, and agreeing with them, even though he had a lot of biological reasons to, to, to not right. live that, that worldview. And so, location so I, matters yeah, too. Yeah. So I get right. I guess what I'm saying is, is it's a, it's not just a, a, a nurture thing. It's a nature end. And it, it, you know, it, it, it is, there is a lot of self, I think one of the hardest things being a parent is coming to the realization that you can do all of the right things, or at least what you perceive to be the right things, but your kids are their own people. They are going to make their own choices. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to make choices that you don't agree with, some of which are benign, some of which could be significant, and it doesn't ultimately you don't have as much control over what your kids are as we like to as we wish we did when they're born. Right. And so I gotta give Clark more credit than I think it sounds like we're giving him because it isn't just that like, Oh, mom, pa can't made him who he is. No, no, no. They set the foundation, but Clark innately had the ability to conceptualize being a good person. He did, but he was in a much smaller room than our children. There was a lot less voices in that room. He came from a small country town. Oh yeah. I'm not going to disagree. No, I'm no, just no, saying no, like I, the neighbors yeah. were, were, were miles away. Now, right social media these kids have access to everyone on the planet in their palm of their hands there's there's more noise there's more opportunities to dissuade them from the correct path sure. I, I i so there are a lot of factors I, I parents location uh time frame uh i i think if if it was different and and clark landed in new york city of today we'd been in we'd be in a whole lot of trouble a big mess of trouble he would be sure. raised no, by no, someone I, yeah, other I'm than his parents. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's why I think it's the classic storyline uh, or, or the classic origin. When you take Superman out of the 30s or the 40s mm -hmm. and you bring him – you try and contemporize him by, all right, New 52, Clark's only um, 20 years old. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it does not work because there's no way he would have developed along the same lines – in this modern world, it's it's inconceivable. Mm -hmm. But we've we've, I also, we've swayed. 
Yeah, I also think, and I guess a lot of times when we're reading fiction, we we identify, we look for for commonality. I I, I think Lara is a on steroids version of something that I've seen with with my kids, which is that. Uh, as you guys noted, she she is not the pro- like Clark is the product of this upbringing that she is not. I mean, she she's I think from a societal standpoint, this is analogous to someone like me that grew up in a decidedly lower middle class upbringing, but had a reasonable amount of success professionally, and thus my kids are living a life that I didn't live right, and while. I want them to live that life. It is incredibly hard to prov- to expect them, much less provide them, a perspective on what it's like to not have privilege because they have privilege, right? I mean, I grew up. You know, we all have. I grew up in a way that, and I know Dab and you, you all. Did, I mean, I I I know what it's like to not have food on the table. I know what it's like to have my electricity turned off, right? Like like I now. My point only being that it's not a woe is me. I'm saying like you, there is value in having the perspective of what it's like to not have something or to struggle so that if you're in the fortunate position through luck or hard work or a combination of the two that you're not in that position anymore, I think you're very grateful for it and in a way that others weren't. Whereas this generation of, of people, because we I, I have elevated my socioeconomic status my kids don't understand what it's like to struggle. They have never wanted for anything. And again, that's they're, they're, it's not a it's not like they, they they shouldn't feel guilty about that, right? Like there's no reason for them to feel guilty about that. That's they're living the life. All they can do is be the best type of person that their situation and uh, circumstance allows them to be, right? So it's just different. It doesn't make it worse. Or better, it's just different. But part of that difference is that they don't have perspective. Like, they don't have, because how could they? And I think Lara is a on steroids version of that. She is the product of two literal gods, right? right. So, so how could she possibly have perspective about what these little peons that she's seeing on the ground are doing? How could she? Right. But like if you it's listen, very hard. listen to her voice when she's, she's monologuing, she sounds a lot more like her mother than she does her father. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. yeah, no, for sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, her mother, as far as Frank writes, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So, um, right, Frank's version of Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, she's she's vicious, and rightly so. She is a god, but um, and and, and you can go through um, Diana's upbringing too, which was very different than Clark's, and yet they managed to find some kind of common ground and do the nasty in the air. So. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of food for thought in this one little issue. My concerns are, how are they going to collect this? Like, is this going to exist right. as probably a single? Probably just a single, one of those single prestige format hardcovers. They'll probably throw some back matter into it. and Well, they could put The Last Crusade in with this. Um, oh, okay. It would, the Joker it, one? Yeah, it would definitely suffer by comparison, but... Um, maybe if Frank decides to do another or two, they can they didn't do... put that in with uh, the Master Race because it it bridges obviously it it bridges. Oh, I have these the singles of the Master Race. So do I. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What I didn't know. That. Okay, I got the we we have the slipcase. We have the slipcase, right? But yeah, I don't. Right know I mean, I'm, I'm sure put it, out. 
yeah. the hardcover if they included the Last Crusade. I don't well, know. Well, I was going to say, I think to your point, at some point they'll do an absolute of all of the Frank stuff yeah. from all of this. Yes. Well, and yeah. I'm t- my concern lies solely with this issue because I think this is – it's a virtuoso performance and I think it needs to be presented in a much more durable format than a, a – even though this is a prestige issue – it should be something that you can return to often and not crack the binding, you know? Yeah, I right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, I, I did, I, I double dipped on it because it, it's coming from DCBS, but I, I saw it on the, um, on the stand last night. So I figured we're definitely going to talk about it. So, um, I'll, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, I'm now black label doesn't, seem to have any sort of um Rudder. there's no set <laughs> yes but there's no there's no trade dress there's no set format because because you had right. yeah. year one the question those are magazine size last god is more of the 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 cardstock glossy cover but with a staple uh traditional comic book this the, this is is the the bookshelf style with the spine and and you know do you think this would have benefited from from the larger style like Superman Year One? I mean, just to see Grandpa's art on a bigger page would be oh, neat. Yeah. But I don't know yeah. if the story itself would have been. I I, I kind of like this story. I, I I love the line work, but I I don't know if aside from Grandpa's art, I don't know if it needed to be in a larger format. And in that case, that would be a bitch to try to shrink down to recollect. To collect later on in a, a different format. Well, I think this is the most conceptually rich Frank has been in a long, long, long time. So if, yep. yeah, if there was ever a, a more current work of his that deserves an upscale treatment, I think it's this one. Because he's yeah. he's he's not in in going all Looney Tunes. He he's saying something that's very important to a segment of, of the population that needs to, to, to hear this. I think this is, I, Frank was on the ball. I think he's, it, this one's a winner. It's, it's a story that everybody can understand and it's not too hard to crack that shell and look at the, the chewy center and say, Oh, that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know? It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Everything you need to know is on the page. There is nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, there's Greta. If you don't know who Greta is, I'm yeah, sorry. no, you're right. There's, there's no subtext here. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's a ton of sexual innu- innuendo that comes. Yes. Out, out yeah. Of no, no, that's true. But I mean, it it just just I mean, it's the, all, yeah, it's on the everything's page. on the page. Yeah. The governor, it's, it, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love every inch of it. It's gonna I be even, huge. It's gonna be large. <laughs> it's, come on. I would. Well, really that's just, also how Trump talks, right? I, mean, I know. The biggest well, deal it, ever, though. You know, the brand. Yeah. I, I'd I'd love to know if, um, I'd love to know Frank's notes for this. If 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 Frank was detailed and says, "Listen, when when you get at the end of the page." When Joker's putting on lipstick, I want it to look. I, I want it to be reminiscent of when he was putting on lipstick in Dark Knight Returns. And and I just I don't know if Grandpa read the script and he's just like, okay, I see things that I could use to play with that that you know harken back to something. Or or if if, if Frank was deliberate and says no, it needs. I I just I th- this this is one of those things where they right out the gate. They work extremely well together. I, I would love to see another pairing with these two. Another offering with this pair. Oh, same. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to. I, I mean, I was disappointed because you may remember 
a long time ago. We were hoping it was ago. more than one issue. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah but... I was going to say a long time ago, I mentioned that a little birdie had told me that Grandpa was going to be doing the next Dark Knight series, and then things went dormant for a bunch of months, and then we got official word, and this I, issue. <laughs> I really thought that meant we were going to get three, four issues, and, and so I'm I while I love this issue, I'm gravely disappointed it was a one-shot. I, yeah. yeah. And and maybe 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 it isn't. This was this was, you know. Maybe we'll see what happens. We'll see Jonathan's next chapter, and and maybe you know. So, so maybe they'll be just. Maybe they're doing a series of a series. Is maybe too plural, but may, maybe they're going to be doing other one shots in this world. And and yeah, I mean that's hopeful. But we'll. I I don't know. I, I just yeah. This is one of those things where I mean I'm. This story, everything we needed was in this story. I guess was between these two covers, but I, I, I would happily revisit. I, I can say I'd happily revisit this world after the Golden Child, than I said after reading DK Two. I have to admit, I was worried early in the issue that Frank was going to jump into Crazy Town because right after Carrie hits one of the clowns with a substance, a psychoactive substance that she grew from one of Bruce's recipes. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. It's, it's a little crazy, but it's cool. I like that. And then on the very next page, Frank has one of a, a burly agent of, of the bat. Yes. Yeah. Gonads. I'm a rip your gonads off. I'm like, Oh no, yeah. Frank, no, no, hold it in. Keep it back. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> And but then he didn't. Luckily, he didn't. He didn't go off the rails. Right. But there was a minute uh, or a second that I was like, "Uh oh." But there is something to that. Again, since this is clearly a missive on the current political environment, I, I think he's. I think, frankly, obviously, on the again lacking subtlety, he's trying to say it, it's easy for us to say, "Oh yeah, Trump and all of his." cronies or imbeciles but but i think he wants to make the point but like the other side's full of crazies too oh absolutely yeah. you know it's it, it, like like keep in mind like all you people supporting the bat tour are fucking crazy too so don't you Especially, know don't 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 uh, you know lest you those with glass houses right i mean don't throw stones so yes the but who goes into battle screaming gonads <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just great i mean oh, yes i will yeah. If I saw that guy coming at me screaming gonads, I would definitely get the hell out of the way, but it's just weird. Big dude, closet um, lover of gonads. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to take him. So there you go. Uh, the Golden Child. Frank Miller. Uh, I'm really Grandpa. pleasantly surprised, honestly. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very much enjoyed it. Tickle in fact, thing. it's squarely in the hunt for favorite one shot of the year. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Even though I didn't want so to. A couple other things I had already. One shot is different. That. One shot is different than single issue, right? No, uh-uh. it's all the same. Okay, it's favorite one shot or single issue. Okay, and and what is that uh, a category? In what? <laughs> oh, that would be our eleven o'clockers, our celebration of all things comics that we will be doing in January. And uh, for those that want to participate, we have a Google form where you can. Drop your answers down. It's at rebrandly.com slash uh, 11 or Dap lovingly posted a permalink to 
11oclockcomics.com, where you can click and uh, answer to your heart's content. It's a lot of fun. It is. It will be when you fill yours out. Mm. Mm. I haven't filled mine out either. You see, now, you, you wound me. Because Why? you had mentioned, yeah, you know what would be cool if we do best comics of the decade? That'd be really neat. And I think right. we get a lot of mileage out of that. So as soon as you yeah. said that, I'm like, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Let me do some searching and and think about what my mm-hmm. favorite, or in my terms, I know you've been doing some groundwork. I've I been love doing it. making notes, so I appreciate that. I went macro instead of micro. It's all good. I'm sorry, but anyway. we got over a month. We got we had more. We have more than a month until we have to worry about finalizing our Oscars. Right, and I can't remember what came out this year. So what I do is I go back in my notes. And see what I talked about Same. over the course of the year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. There. Yeah. That's a contender. Same. Yeah. But you're doing stuff. Oh, I stepped in some uh, synchronicity stew this week. I did not plan oh. it, but I read something for this episode that's very close in theme to uh, Golden Child. I'm going to talk about it later because I don't want to talk okay. about it. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear from uh, David. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'll save my, um, uh, the thing that, uh, I I, I have something for, in your travels that I think I'll I'll go into, but it's, um, yeah, this wasn't planned. I guess it's going to kind of be a heavy-ish DC week for me, but um, this was, uh, I I don't want to say I didn't learn my lesson. I I I, I talked about it, and I, I wasn't with everything else that's so dark in real life and in comics these days. I you know it, it and I mentioned when Tony was on the um, the Death of Superman, um, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, uh, one shot for this event that they're doing. So I, I read um, I read the Infinite Crisis issue. And the um, and the one that came out yesterday, the Judas Contract, and and because so, you're going to put Judas Contract on something, I'm pretty much going to read it regardless of what the context is, whether it's dark or light or Teen Titans Go or whatever. It's it's but the Judas Contract there, I'm I'm going to lean towards it. The the Infinite Crisis one um, was, and and like I said last time, these these are more way more what if than Elseworlds ever tried to be. And and incomplete with this uh Tempest Fujinot who uh who who's basically um a buff Watu. Uh the Infinite Crisis one um this world diverts um from uh, the moment where Maxwell Lord blows Blue Beetle's brains out. Whoa. Um, so we still get that 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 infamous um, Phil Jimenez, or I don't remember who, who drew it, uh, with, with Blue Beetle in, in the foreground in the shadows. Um, Maxwell Lord killing him. Um, but instead, in this world... When Lord is 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 giving his spiel with checkmate and, and telling Blue Beetle, you know, to join him, 
that's when Ted Cord is like, fine, you win. I'll join you. And um, Beetle flips the script, and he ends up killing Maxwell Lord and becomes the new um, uh, king of Checkmate. And he slowly... Um, with his with his intellect, with 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 court industries, he he ends up becoming um, almost more machine than than um, than man. But he takes over Brother Eye, so he goes beyond what Batman was doing. He um, he's just he's he's thinking steps ahead. He he takes out the Justice League, so it ends it it, it ends in in a way I guess you would expect it to end the way it the story kind of started where he he's, he's no longer himself, but he's now um, like no crime is committed. He is, he's, he's, he's the ruler and overseer of everything. And, and, but he's not who he was. He ended up killing Booster gold. And it's just, it was, it, he basically turned his back on everything and, and forgot who he was. And it's, it's, it's kind of like a typical O Henry tale. Whereas the Judas contract one was, kind of weird because instead of um it this one kind of played out pretty quickly the other ones the the, the infinite crisis one that the superman one that, that those kind of happened um after the event that that you're altering from things kind of got drawn out a little bit especially when with lois becoming um Superwoman will say and and eradicate. So so, the Judas contract one is different because the the well as I, as far as creators go, um, the um, the Infinite Crisis is by um, written by James Tinian IV and pencils by Aaron Lepresti, inks by Matt Ryan. Um, and 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 the art is is solid in that one. The Judas contract, I was happy to see. Uh, your um, your art is by Tom Rainey, and uh, the writers are Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom. And the story starts off um, the the moment where the the uh, the universe is split off um, is when Wally and Dick are retiring or are leaving the Titan. So Wally has, has, has um, put his tights back in his ring and, and, and he's um, not speed walking out into the sunset. And then right when we have Dick Grayson say, listen, you know, it's about time I got out of Batman's shadow. Robin is always going to be the back end of Batman. And, you know, so I, you know, I, I, appreciate everything he's done for me and and i've learned everything i can but all he's doing is is all he's going to do is teach you how to be batman and and i need um uh, i'm beyond that so right before he decides to to quit and then eventually return as nightwing he sees something and this was weird because i thought they were going somewhere else with it but he sees something um in uh in, in, in Tara's eyes, he, he gets a read on her, like, like her reaction to her, to his whole spiel. She's not quite sure how to take all this. She, she's reacting differently than the rest of the team. And 
and when and the writers say, you know, he he um he he it Grayson's natural empathy causes him to catch a glimpse of something in her eyes. And for a second, I thought that that meant the little contact lens camera that she used so she could spy on the team. But it's not. It's just because of her her reaction to what he was saying caused him to pause. And um, and instead of just saying, listen, I'm out. I'm no longer a Titan. Peace. He um, he's like, yeah, you know what? I, I'm just I'm no longer going to be Robin. I'm still going to hang out here, though. Um I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I got to do. Um, but I'm not going anywhere. So his, his whole plan changed. And, and so he and Tara have a, he and Tara have a conversation and, and he's um, trying to understand where maybe, you know, she was thinking when he was talking about what he was doing and, and, and having a mentor and moving on. And um, she ends up, telling him a little bit, getting comfortable with him and, and kind of just oversharing, but not so much so that when the next time she meets Slade, he's like, yeah, you know, you kind of, you, 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 you're acting a little soft. You're not, we, we had a plan and this is what we were supposed to do. And you're kind of diverting from that. And, and I can't have that. And, and she's like, you know, I don't know who the hell you are telling me that I'm soft when you are over here and you got, you got these cutesy family photos all over the damn place. And and he's like, you know, listen, I'd watch your tone. Don't, um, you know, show some respect. And she's like, how am I supposed to respect the soldier who keeps coddling this geriatric loser? And she points to Wintergreen and he's just like, I beg your pardon. It's like all of a sudden he becomes like, like Woodhouse from Archer. Like where the hell did this old dude come from? Where like, that's not the Wintergreen net. Anyway, she's talking smack. He slaps her. She flips the fuck out. And she destroys the home they're in there on this. Um, they're out in, in, in the mountains and, and, and it's snowing. And um, so she ends up killing Deathstroke very easily because it's her story. So I guess that's why that can happen. So she kills Deathstroke. She maims Wintergreen, but says, listen, you need to... Um, for some reason, she, she she has the assumption that because um, Deathstroke, because of, of the drugs, the super soldier serum that he was given, um, she figures if he ever lost his powers, he probably had backup. He had he, he had drugs here so that he could still be Deathstroke. And Wintergreen's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, listen, you need to do what I need to do or I'll still kill his family because I'm sure you care for them. So he does, hooks her up. He thinks he's killed her, or at least put her in a coma, but because she's actually a mutant, and or, or she has powers and Slade didn't when he was given to drugs, she comes, she bounces back from that, ends up killing Wintergreen, shows up at Titan's Tower, takes out Changeling and Raven, then goes and stops by Donna Troy's apartment, Vic Stone's apartment, Corey Andrews' apartment, kills each of them, Shows up at Dick Grayson's place. He's able to fight her off. Kid Flash shows up. They're fighting her off. But right before she, um, right before she's taken away by Superman, she gets to kill them. So, so she she kills all the Titans. Um, Superman is 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 
trying to talk some sense into her. It ain't happening. She's just going crazy. She, she, she's blowing up cities and, and causing eruptions. Um, and Changeling comes back because he, he escaped the explosion of Titan's towers. He, he looks like a mess. He's, he's, his face is scarred. He, he he's got like a Jonah Hex thing going on. You can see his, his, his jaw. It, it, it's, Tom Rainey kind of really amped up the, the gore factor here, but it, it's, um, so Changeling's trying to talk to her and, and she's not having it because she's better than everybody else. And she's a God and this, that, and the other. And, and, um, she ends up just basically, um, the, all, all the cities, the, the, the earth is, is there, there's eruptions just spurting up every so often. The, 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 the ground is cracked and and lava's here and there and, and she's just she has um she changed her name from Tara to Gaia and and um and yes so it ends with her um being in control of uh of this earth but I mean I it this of, of the ones I've read so far this is probably the one I kind of dug the most and again it's they are dark they're not ending on a happy note and and um but if you've it, it, it's weird. I mean, I, I guess it's not that weird because they, if they're going to take these dark moments in in DC's history with with their events, whether it's Infinite Crisis or Death of Superman, you know, they, they're just those are already not so feel good moments. I mean, they may have ended on on happy notes when when the story wrapped up, but it, I mean, they're, they're starting on. The board is begins when it's already kind of a um a dark moment in in this event's history so they're just kind of continuing that so it's not it, it it's not like you're going to get to the end and someone's going to realize oh you know i should have done that and and it's it's but i i kind of again i'm i'm a what if mark but it was um i it's like the third or fourth one i've read and i i, I i'm still reading them thinking that you know we're going to end on something positive and, and, and we don't. Uh, so, so, so that's on me, but I, I think Rainey's art was, was, um, was, it, it was a little different than, than what we're used to. It was, it's way different than his DV8 stuff. It's, um, it's, it's a little looser. Um, but you know, some of it reminded me of like, Will Shetterly from, from Captain Confederacy was just, there's it. I had to go back and see that it was rainy because there wasn't a whole lot of stuff there that that made me that made me look at it go it just reminds me of rainy it it just but as far as him drawing titans it it worked i i, I dug it I, I think you know i'm may sound like i'm not recommending them but I, I i am and as of now the judas contract is probably my favorite one that they've done so far Right on. Yeah, I'm not reading these, so my conduit for these. I don't know if I don't, I don't know if they're going to be collected. I don't know if there's like some. I don't think it's an event where they had like an alpha and omega that that's going to like wrap up. I don't know if they're doing them. I haven't seen them solicited in the past couple months, so I don't know if this was just a. I don't even think they were inventory stories. I don't know what the purpose was for them, honestly. But they were there. They were read. There you go. Vince. 
Vincent. Where did he go? Did he take a pee break? No, I was typing You're because on mute. I was looking uh, for the solicitation for DAP for the Tales of the Dark Multiverse, and I do believe that they're in. Let me see this previews. I'll tell you for certain. As mm. as a collection. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Now, Vince, you are a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mark. Severely, yes. Vinny Beats, a time ago, used to be a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers mark. Yes. I I see where this is going. As you know, I am neither a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mark nor a Power Rangers mark. So it might surprise you to learn... (laughs) <laughs> that I not only pre-ordered Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, but I thought it was fantastic. Wow. Nice. What's happening to this planet? Now, you, unlike Dap and I, do not chronicle the majority of the things you've read. You just tell us the few things you plan on talking about. Right. So have you read this issue? Not yet, no. But you can talk wow. about it till you're crazy. I, I'll, I'll listen. Well... I have heard really good things about the Power Rangers comic uh, by Boom from Power Rangers fans. They seem to think it's being really it's being done very well at the moment. Uh, and as we know, because we have sat through a lot of iterations of our uh, of the licensed characters that we like, you with 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 Transformers, me with GI Joe. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. But we always hope that they're going to be great, so we keep coming back. Um, so I've kind of just filed it away that it seems like Boom is doing a great job with, with Power Rangers. Um, and, and I do like the Turtles. I, like, I like the Turtles. I just don't read them with regularity, but I do, I've always liked them when I've read them. So I figure, why not? You know, let's give it a shot because um, it just seemed kind of quirky. And worst case, I, I bought an issue that didn't resonate. Best case, it's a pleasant surprise. And it's definitely the latter. So first of all, it's written by Ryan Parrott, who... Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the first thing I've ever uh, read from him. And I think he is the writer of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ongoing, I believe, uh, with art by Simone DeMeo. Uh, Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Simone's work, if he's done other Turtles work, but or again, if he's more on the Power Ranger side. But man, do I enjoy the art. The art is crispy and clean. Pretty sure it's digital, but super tight lines, um, really dynamic color play. And this book opens up with a double-page splash of five of the Power Rangers fighting a bunch of ninja warriors and a translucent rainbow kaiju that is known as Apoc. Apocalyptopus. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they're uh, they're doing what they do, right? She's it, the the creature's one of Rita Repulse's monsters, and they're fighting it, and they're chatting it up, and they're they're making remarks that uh, that like it sure would be nice if uh, if Tommy was there, because apparently Tommy's not there. Um, but being being who they are, they don't need Tommy to vanquish this Apocalyptopus. So uh, you've got. The Black Ranger and his power axe, Pink Ranger and her power bow, the Yellow Ranger and power daggers, 
Blue Ranger and the Power Lance and Red Ranger and Power Sword. Uh, and uh, they form the Power Blaster. So I'm assuming this is all from the the television show, at least one season of it, right? I, I'm going to presume that. I, I, I can't speak on that because I don't watch the show, but that's my speak. Uh, then they do a cutscene, and we cut on over to New York City. And our heroes in the half shell are doing what they do in a double-page spread. They're battling the Foot Clan. Nothing we haven't seen before. Uh, and then they uh, unmask one of the Foot Clan. And who is it? It's none other than Tommy. Yeah, because he's a dick. A.K.A. <laughs> the Green, AKA yeah. the Green Ranger. Yep. Yeah. And, and we go from there. And that's how these, these things are linked. And, of course, the Power Rangers are trying to track down Tommy. They come across the Turtles. They assume the Turtles are Rita Repulsa's minions, too. The Turtles assume that the Rangers are evil because they're coming to defend Tommy, who they think is a member of the Foot Clan, and hijinks ensue. Hmm. Um, there are clearly things afoot. It it's, it's, doesn't take a lot of, of, of uh, foreshadowing to figure that Tommy is, is trying to get in with the Foot Clan for some kind of purpose, but he's still a hero, is my guess. Uh, he's playing the double agent, would be my bet. They, that's, uh, you know, we'll see if I'm right there. Uh, but I just thought it was a visual tour de force. These are two martial arts teams, and I thought that DeMeo does a great job of uh, showing the battle scenes and the motion and the kineticism. Uh, I think the banter's great. The, tur- the turtles, certainly the voices are reminiscent of what I've read of the Turtles in terms of their personalities. Um, I haven't seen too much by way of the Rangers cartoons over the years, but, but certainly you get a flavor for each of them and, and, uh, and, you know, Tommy's a dick and, and the pink Rangers sweet and you get all that. So it seems like, again, I'm, I'm not the most discerning palette there, but it seems like it passes that test uh, of personality. And the art is just beautiful. The color work is fantastic. Uh, and we get the obligatory, uh, albeit a little predictable, reveal at the last page, leading into issue two, setting the scene for for the next uh, the next um, rise in the crescendo of the narrative. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It was it was it left me clamoring for more. I I, I desperate for the second issue. I, I think it's it is it is a it's it's exactly what I hoped it would be, which would be a standalone fun issue that, or series rather that uh, exposes me to two pretty cool long-standing licensed properties, neither of which I have a ton of history with. You're growing up. You're branching out. I like it. All grown up. It does make me yeah. curious, uh, and I guess I could... I was going to look this up on Comic Book DB, but as we know, it's uh, it's in, in hiatus right now. Um, if if this is the team that's, that's the regular team on the Power Rangers comic, or at least one of the regular teams, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that first hardcover collection and give that a try. Well, you you might be pleasantly surprised because I think, sorry, Vince. I think, um, I think Dan Mora was the artist on oh on on a more Power Rangers uh, a, a recent volume. I, I don't know how many they've had, but because I was like, I, can't, I I'm bummed because I'm like, I want his art, but I'm like, I'm not about to read a Power Rangers book. So, but oh, interesting. That's cool. Okay, well, it's been okay. going on for a while because I think yeah. they're at least in the 30s. The, and there's more than one series. And there's multiple too. books, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it uh, bears investigating. That it do. Nice. Now you are you are going to read this though, right? Oh sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say no to some turtles. Uh, I'm, I, I like the Power Rangers a lot, uh-huh. but more in terms of the design of the, uh, the kaiju and the, the mechs and stuff. Like the show, I watched it just for yeah. the, the spectacle of it. I really couldn't care less about the kids or whatever. You know, it was just purely for visuals. But that's most of the Japanese yeah. Sentai shows are they're goofy, which is cool. This is also well timed because, and I'm sure it's coincidence, but the second season of the Toys That Made Us came out a month, maybe two months ago, and two of the toys that they do in season two are the Power Rangers and the Turtles. Yep. So it's almost like it was planned. Well, I know, but I'm saying it is well-planned. If, if this was intentional, it was very well done, because I watched both episodes, and there was nothing in the Turtles that I was surprised by, but I definitely learned a lot about the Power Rangers. I also I knew Haim Saban was a smart businessman, but yeah. he is more than just smart. He is masterful. Well, it was a risk, because it could have gone south very quickly. Yeah. Um, something. Just- it's true, but, but how many people sell their thing for a boatload, buy it back for pennies, and then sell it again for a boatload. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's impressive. I know. I've I've um I've talked to uh, Arnie about this briefly because I know he's he's a Power Rangers mark, and it was it's always been. I I, I seem to just be on on the cusp. I, I I'd come home from school and Batman. The animated series, I watched the hell out of that, and 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 I guess not when I was outgrowing things, but I I I don't know if it was I don't know if it was the the acting with the cutscenes or 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 the creatures. I don't know what it was exactly, but the little bit I saw of Power Rangers from other people I knew who were watching it, it just it 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 never clicked with me. And I think it was just, it was, I, I was just, just barely out of, of the demographic where if it, it, it got a hold on me, I'd still be, you know, talking about it today and, and, and have all the, the figures and everything else. But yeah, I, I love it. And I know that, well, I, I love people who love it. And I know that, you know, we see, we see some of the, we see some of the actors at New York comic con, um, on the main floor, signing autographs. I, I, I know they're a big deal, and and obviously, I mean, they're, they're they're making comics, so people still enjoying the hell out of them. But yeah, I just, I, I, it's one of those things where I kind of wish I was in on it, but it, it's, I just, I just barely missed it. But I'm, I'm glad it's still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, it looks like. Oh, I'm sorry, Vince. No, go. It's all right. I was just gonna say it looks like. Uh, uh, Go Go Power Rangers is just the second series is twenty four issues in, so good four solid trades, and they have been written by Ryan. So Ryan is the writer of the secondary series. I'm just seeing if he was on it from from issue one. Yeah, so he's been he's been on it from issue one. Dap he Dan Mora was the artist in the first arc, and then it changed. Okay, but, uh, but and then um, Kyle Higgins is actually the main writer of the main series apparently. So. I'm about this, about this. I think I'm going to try the first deluxe edition and see what's up. Good. Well, I'll be damned. Just like Chris Somney, Dan Mora also is a Russ Manning Award recipient. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> it's funny that you were looking at that. I was just looking at that myself. 
it's it's amazing. I was hot and heavy on the toys first three years, four years maybe, and then my son got into them. So I, when I stopped yes. buying them, he picked up the slack and started to to get into it. But um, there's not a better toy than the, the original Dragon Sword. That by far is the best one. Maybe challenged by the White Tiger, the Tiger Sword, maybe. But as far as uh, design, just playability, the the Dragon Sword is the best Zord, hands down. I'll fight anybody that claims otherwise. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> All right, synchronicity time. Wouldn't you yes, know? I was struggling to find something to. Uh, to praise because I, I read um, a couple of trades and they weren't exactly, there wasn't enough fodder for me to go off and get all giddy as I usually do. So I said, mm, need something. So I'm going through a box. Oh, look at this. I'll read this. And it's uh, by one of my, uh, well, I always say this, but it's, it's from an artist that I hold very near and dear to my heart, Mr. Gilbert Shelton. Mm. And Mr. Shelton is, as you know, the creator of the Furry Freak Brothers, Fat Freddy's Cat, but he also did Wonder Warthog. So this is a one-shot, originally published in, wow, uh, 79. It was first published in the Winnipeg Rag, uh, May 1979, but it's been reprinted. Ripoff Press, this issue that I have in my hands, collected the, the two parts in 1988 as a one-shot for $2.95, and it's thick as hell, but uh, I believe it's also in the uh, Best of Wonder Warthog collection from Ripoff. But anyway, um, for those of you who don't know Wonder Warthog, uh, he's from he's an alien. It's a, yet another pastiche on the Superman origin so we have some create, uh, conceptual continuity going on in the uh, Superman thread that's been trailing through everything and another one, which you'll see. But he's an alien from the planet Squoot Peep. And <laughs> a, as a child, he was sent to Earth in a spaceship uh, because the uh, scientists on his planet said, oh, planet's going to blow up. We got to get, you know, and get this kid out of here. But unfortunately, it didn't. Well, fortunately, it didn't blow up. So he came to Earth for nothing. But anyway, he was not raised by two uh, salt of the earth uh, upstanding farmers. He was raised by hillbillies. Uh, Walter um, Wonder Warthog has an alter ego, wouldn't you know it, a reporter for the Motherload Morning Mung Pie. And his name is Filbert Desinex. How does Wonder Warthog change back and forth into Filbert Desinex? Well, he uses a suit. It's a freaking rubber suit. So when he wants to be Filbert, he puts the suit on, and it's like the TARDIS. Because Wonder Warthog is a huge, hulking beast of a character, and Filbert's this little nebbish guy with a, a very big, big nose. Um, so they're two very different characters. Wonder Warthog is very pro-establishment, letter-of-the-law individual, prone to hyper-violent outbursts, and uh, he doesn't hesitate to kill, unlike Superman. But Filbert is a progressive thinker, and he's a very staunch anti-imperialist. So why 
does that mindset come to the fore when Wonder Warthog puts on the Filbert costume is never covered, at least to my knowledge. Um, when the suit comes off, he's all um, Sturm und Drang, and when the suit goes on, he's a progressive. I don't know why. But <laughs> So when, when the story opens, Filbert's a little bit down on his luck. He doesn't have any money. He is, well, in fact, he, he only has $1, and he's hungry. Um, so he heads out to an all-night market to buy some food, and that's where we get a little bit of a picture painted of the condition of the United States at the time of this story. Inflation is through the roof. Potatoes are $20 a pound. Onions are $15 a pound. The only thing Philbert can afford is a single piece of gum, which he plans to make s- soup with. So on the way home, Philbert laments, what a wonderful country it used to be. And he, so he's armchair quarterback and and he's thinking about ways of returning the United States to his past glory, and he's held up by knife point. Um, and Filbert, being Filbert, sympathizes with his attacker, uh, assuming that if the guy could find work, he'd take it. And the guy's like, fuck that. And he swipes Filbert with the knife, cutting open the costume, allowing Wonder Warthog to come out, and he's given him more than enough reason to rip the guy to shreds. He just kills him. Um, And he's walking away. And he goes, imagine a guy losing his life over a piece of bubble gum. Isn't that disgusting? Uh, So you get more scenes illustrating Filbert's lack of resources. Doesn't have any money. Um, Culminating with him deciding to hibernate until Easter so he can score some free food at the annual White House Easter egg hunt. Uh, Everybody entering the Easter egg hunt is scanned by X-ray which is very prescient on Mr. Shelton's part because this is 1979. Um, and the guys looking at the monitors are like, the guy walks through and he's got, he obviously has a shotgun in his pants. And they're like, ah, we're only looking for the sophisticated stuff. Let that guy go. So the president, who's a mumble mouth moron, steps out to address the crowd and he's concealed behind a dome of two foot thick glass. And security is amped up because 23 presidents have been assassinated in the past 16 years. Jesus. Yes. So before the president can finish, he's blown to smithereens from underneath the glass dome. And his guts, they coat the inside of the dome and they're sliding down. It's disgusting and it's chaos. And people are still picking up eggs and blah, blah, blah. So the next dude in line to the presidency assumes the office, the vice president, he's killed, and on and on and on and on. Assassination, misfortune, eliminates everyone else in the chain of command until there's no one left to assume the the office of the presidency. Enter Gloptron Incorporated. It's a multinational corporation, assumes control, managing the country as if it were a trust, and Filbert's pissed off. He's not going to let this stand. He's like, what? Uh, so a pack of people from New Hampshire barge in on Filbert's dinner. He's under a bridge, eating possum on a stick, fire, you know, on a, on a, you know, a fire. And there's all homeless people around him. And all these people from New Hampshire barge in. They're like, "Where are you guys from?" He's like, "We're we're from New Hampshire." Yeah, there's a presidential primary, and we're getting the hell out of there because we don't want to get killed. Because it seems like everybody that runs for president gets killed. And this gives Gilbert, or not Gilbert, Filbert, an idea. So Wonder Warthog heads down to New Hampshire and convinces the only person around, a 112-year-old man 
scheduled to drop dead at noon, to pencil in Filbert Desinex as a writing candidate. So Filbert wins with one vote. Mm-hmm. And the Globtron board of directors is furious. What the hell is this? So Wonder Warthog tries to repeat the performance in Florida, but he doesn't have to do any convincing because word of mouth is starting to spread, and everyone's going to vote for Filbert anyway. So the states fall like dominoes. Despite Globtron's attempts to sway the tide, uh, they even try and send a, uh, a robot to murder Filbert. And Wonder Warthog takes care of him. But Filbert wins the nomination. And, as you might expect, he wins the election in the popular vote. But he doesn't win the electoral vote. Because Globtron corrupted it. So what does Filbert do? He decides to hold a constitutional convention and abolish the electoral college, right? Unfortunately, they hold the constitutional convention the day after New Year's on January 1st. And they have, they, they get this farmland, much like Woodstock, and they build this pavilion, and everybody's speaking, and everybody's getting drunk, shit-faced out of their minds, including Filbert. And the next day, when it's time to hand out the uh, reform ballots, and everybody's got to sign their name and, and, you know, make it all official, nobody wants to do it because they're all too, over, they're, they're hungover, they're complacent. They're just plain lazy. They don't change the country, which gives Adolf Hitler the opportunity to take the podium. And the people are swayed by a fascist <coughs> dictator because they're too lazy, complacent, and fat to do anything about it. And that's the end. <laughs> Lafine. It's, it's, it's an amazing issue. Um, it, again, like the golden child, it says a lot about our society when you have um, a corporation ruling the country that is so despicable that their only other option, because they just don't care enough, is to allow Adolf Hitler to assume control. And he didn't die in the bunker. He had his skull surgically removed. Mm. So they they would find some remains. Yeah, it's it's silly. But it, again, it it is silly, but not too far from the truth where mm-hmm. we allow people to assume control because we just don't give a shit. Uh, we're just too lazy to do something about it. So that ties into The Golden Child. This thing's amazing. Uh, again, published by Ripoff Press. You can get it in a number of different formats. I even th- I'm not saying this is the way to read it, but if you Google Wonder Warthog and the Nerds of November, and it's N-U-R-D-S, right. there, there are a number of sites that will allow you to read it for free. I don't know if it's legit. I'm just saying. You, you once you once you read it, you're going to want to own it uh, because it's a it's an artifact of a time gone by that unfortunately mirrors a lot of the uh, stuff we're dealing with today. So check it out. I mean, at the very least, you're going to see sequential art by one of the uh, true masters of the medium, one of the underground guys that came up alongside um, Robert Crumb and Robert Griffiths. Uh, all all of the legends, Shel- Gilbert Shelton is one of them. So if you haven't read his work, I think you're in for a very, very eye-opening experience. He's great. That's all really I got. Is. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah, the Freak Brothers stuff is a hard sell because the they do some pretty despicable stuff in the in mm-hmm. the name of scoring drugs. 
But this, I mean, Wonder Warhog's pretty despicable too, but at least you have Filbert to balance it out. So it's, uh, I think this will reach more people than the Furry Freak Brothers. Uh-huh. Yeah. There nice. you go. It's all I got. So you got. Yeah. Well, we did a nice stretch here. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of time for uh, business uh, taking. And that business. Bi- that business is Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com gets you all the books you want, all the books, at the price you want to pay. Massive discounts. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Boy, there's a lot of threads running through this. Jenica, number one, $1.99. Archie meets B-52s, $1.99. From Dark Horse, Hidden Society, Rafael Albuquerque. Do I need to sell it any more than that? I don't think so. Uh, $1.99, dcbservice.com. I saved my thank you till the very end. See how I do? You think you're better than us? No. <laughs> no, because um, I want you, I implore you to keep an eye out for, from, uh, for two books, from Fantico Enterprises. And again, mm-hmm. Jim Jim Whiting strikes again. The uh, second of the new Deep Red is out. Volume four. I haven't gotten it yet. Number two. Uh, I will say that there is more Steve Bissett in here. There's an interview with... Oh, there's a Twin Peaks. I forgot. Lynchian to the Power of Pi. Twin Peaks The Return. <laughs> Um, there's a thing on Mandy in here that's very Mandy. awesome. Mandy was great. It was. Yes. It was. Uh, Leatherface, Tom Savini interview. If you don't know who Tom Savini is, I'm going to smack that silly grin off your face. Uh, it's another amazing issue, full color. But the thing I really want you to, I mean, if you're not into Deep Red, it's going to be a hard sell because it's it's a splatter <laughs> Uh, fans dream come true but this if you were a monster kid growing up in the 70s you know this man I don't have to tell you who he is he sent me the monster art of Basil Gogos wow yes and it is a beautiful book of um, sketches paintings investigation into Basil's process I mean it is just I hesitate to use the term, but it's a coffee table book that you can just page through and be reminded of just what a force Basil Gogos was. I think overshadowed only by one person, and that would be Frank Frazetta. Hmm. Had there been no Frank Frazetta, we'd be um, praised. Well, we we are we do praise Basil Gogos, but Basil would be the king. Frank kind of overshadowed him shadowed him a little bit but nonetheless if you like gorgeous art then i suggest you pick up the monster art of basil gogos by linda tubi it's uh it's definitely a keeper this is one of those books that again you could just lose yourself in for for hours and hours and hours and i did that is great. And if, if you don't know, Basil was the the main cover artist on Famous Monsters of Film and other magazines, but he was the, the top Famous Monsters guy. There's not a kid in their 50s now that 
was into the the spooky stuff in comics back in the day that does not or has not seen the work of Basil Gogos. He was omnipresent. It's facts. Yep, I'm done. Done. Um, in your travels, I, I threatened it was going to be DC heavy for me. Um, also, that came out yesterday was a, a turning point in the world of Bendis's Superman. Uh, issue 17 was the prologue to the truth. Yesterday's issue 18 is um, the first part of Superman Truth by Brian Michael Bendis and um, Yvonne Weiss and Joe Prado on inks. And hopefully he'll have um, maybe come heroes. You might still have some pages that... Um, I can buy, but um, listen, I, I've, there are, I know comic book readers because we've seen so much because we're used to so much because publishers say, Hey, this is going to matter. And this is how it's going to be from now on. And, and I look at say the Peter Parker unmasking during civil war. And and the powers that be saying that this will have ramifications and, and this is not something that's just going to be you know, magically forgotten. Um, this is important and, and, and it will matter. And and oh, at least until I make it shot and Peter has to let everybody know that he's not Spider-Man. And that's when Dr. Strange and, and at least they were smart enough. To say that, you know, listen, Doctor Strange's magic only works so well where if anybody, like, people have a vague recollection of, of Spider-Man unmasking. But if it won't take anybody, it won't take a lot of work to do to find out who he was. So that's in their back pocket, or at least it was. Um, so here we have Bendis with showing Superman giving up his secret identity and um this was done in a way where i definitely felt some kind of way as i was reading it and there were the reason i haven't um posted in jason's best thing i read this week uh or in his case year thread is um is because it was I was having trouble deciding between two, one of which we already talked about tonight and this being the other one. And and I've been trying to weigh the pros and cons of each and, and, and which will, which hit me harder. Um, but the story behind this is, is yeah. Superman has, he's, he's, he's dealing with a lot. His, um, you know, for people who gave up on Bendis to Superman because it seemed like the first arc wouldn't end, and and truth be told, it it felt like it wouldn't. But now that it is over, and you know, Jorel and Jonathan came back home, um, there was a final fate of Jorel, and and anybody who who read that knows what happens to Jor-El and, and um, so Superman is dealing with that. 
and he's dealing with his son going off into the future and um and 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 he's doing a lot of thinking and um he's he's come to the realization that he he's not you know, yes there's a reason why he has a secret identity and and he he wants to show um he he wants to the people who brought him up he 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 wants there's pride in his in 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 where he's from whether that's krypton or whether it's the kents and um they this issue they they show him you know he's having a conversation with adam strange and and it's a great conversation you know cuz cuz he's like you know um he he's like you know, I, 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 I want to talk to you about something. Um, and, and Adam's like, you know, are, are you okay? And Superman pauses for a second. He's like, no. And, and Adam's like, all right. So then is there something that, no, you've been going through some serious stuff, like, like a lot quickly and, and, and you need to unpack it. And, um, Superman's like, well, do you know, I have a secret identity on earth? And, um, and he's like, okay, well, you know, why, do you have a secret identity? You're Superman. And, and he's like, you know, you sound like my son. He's like, well, um, you know, do what, what kind of, you know, what do you, do you like sitting behind a desk? And he's like, actually, I like my desk. He's like, wait, so you have a job where you have a desk. I, I was joking actually, but, um, he's like, you know, I, he kind of just explains why he does what he does to Adam strange. So, um, he he goes back to Earth, dresses up as Clark Kent, goes to work at the Daily Planet, walks into Perry White's office, and it's a page of one, two, three, four, six widescreen panels, silent. We're from the perspective of Perry White getting up from behind his desk, because he's first, he's like, you know, you're imagining that he's telling Clark, you know, I don't have time for this, you know, you got to get back to work or whatever, and, and, and Clark... Clark is standing there, and you, and you can tell Clark is saying, I have something important to tell you. So then Clark opens up his shirt. You see the Superman shield. Perry sits down. Perry gets up, and they hug. And then Superman flies to meet Jimmy Olsen in Gotham, who, who's um, taking photos of a crime scene. And it, it, it's a great little scene, but it, it's, um, you know, Superman's like, go ahead and take the photo. And then he takes out a pair of glasses and he puts them on. And and he's like, go ahead, take, you could take the picture. This this picture is yours. You own it. You could take the first picture. And Jimmy's like, okay, yeah, wait, first picture of what? And he's like, Jimmy, I'm Clark. I've always been Clark. And Jimmy's like, Clark Kent. I, I don't get it. Jimmy, I'm telling you, I'm also Clark Kent. He's like, are you doing like an impression? Are you trying to like be Clark Kent? And he's like, dude, I'm. Jimmy, I'm, I'm Clark Kent. And he's like, well, I see Superman with glasses on. And then he, then, then he stands there. And then Superman looks at him and he goes, so you knew. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I found out this morning Lois called me. And, and so now Superman's pissed, jokingly, but he's pissed because, you know, his wife told the secret. And Lois explains that, listen, I've known Jimmy longer than you. And, and I tried to call you to tell you I was going to tell Jimmy, but they said you were with him. You were in with Perry. And he's like, but I really wanted to talk to my friend Jimmy about this secret we have been keeping from him. And and Clark is cool with that. So um, 
he's like, all right, so if, if, if I'm okay, I've told everybody I need to tell. So the next step is now to do this press conference. And, um, and, and she's like, let's go do it. So he goes, does the whole spiel says I'm from small, I'm, I'm, I'm from a planet on Krypton, but I'm also from Smallville, Kansas. And then they show a bunch of panels where the DC universe is reacting and, and, and you have the justice league and you have Batman and, 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 and Robin, you have red cloud who of course has been getting the better of Superman and action comics. You have, they're showing everybody reacting to it. And, um, and then he's, he's like, you know, listen, I, I, you know, in my travels, I get to see and hear people discover and rediscover themselves all the time. I get to see you find happiness. You don't even know was there. Um, that's a big part of what inspired me today, you. And, and so what now I'm going to continue to be Superman. I'm going to, and I'm going to find my way as Clark Kent. I love being a journalist. So I'm, I, I know this is new and maybe confusing to some, but I'm proud. I'm so proud of my heritage, both from Krypton and Earth. And when I show up as Superman, I want to show up representing both parts of me at the same time. So I don't know what the next step is, but I want to thank you for inspiring me. And he flies away. And then we cut to pretty much the Legion of Doom. And they're all like just not really sure what to make of this and and i guess luther's has the ability to change from whatever this apex version is to lex luther in a suit so he goes and sits down brainiac is is mad and like luther how did you not see this coming and luther shoots him a sideways glance and then they just show him like brooding with his fingers up to his chin kind of just thinking about his next step but that's how the issue ends and i i you could say it's a gimmick or it's going to be reversed or phantom stranger or someone's going to show up and make it go. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm fine. You know, even with Hickman's X-Men stuff and, and I'm not, I'm living in the moment these days. I just, I want to enjoy these stories as they're coming out. I'm not trying to think three months ahead, regardless of the solicits and previews. I don't, I'm not trying to write, these creators stories for them i just i want to experience them as they happen so whatever is going on with this i'm along for the ride i'm not trying to find out what's going to happen a year from now and i don't care this was a really well done issue i think bendis took what he because we've seen we've seen superman reveal his identity to lois back when the triangle era when they got married and and so we know people know superman's identity but for it to be this big and i know that they had it with rebirth when 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 he you know, got the crew cut and and wore the t-shirt and, and he was outed there but i just think that this was it looked great the the artist absolutely fantastic but i i that this was one of those issues where i was just like i i ain't mad i i just i i think it's um it's a neat little twist but um we'll see what happens i mean he's still superman he still has loved ones everybody knows who he is now and and whether or not those people are going to be in danger at who did he really think this all the way through well we'll see but i just um i i I was really pleased with this issue so if you haven't been ready superman because you just know that some of bendis's arcs don't wrap up too quickly i think this was um 
this was a pretty cool jumping on point if, if you haven't been reading. But as far as what I've been going through with Bendis for now, this was um this was a really cool little issue. But yeah, in your travels, Superman number eighteen. Yeah, I'm still reading it. I'm still reading it. Nice. Yes, yes. I'm a couple issues behind. I'm pretty much a couple issues behind all my superhero books except for the except for the mutant stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah, but uh no, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a quote unquote gimmick, but I mean aren't all things in superhero books of in a, some way, shape or form gimmicks, right? I mean mm-hmm. like it's all good. Like you said, it's all about enjoying the execution in, in the moment. And what yes. what comes what comes later will either be good or it won't be. Right. So let me uh okay, in your travels, a couple things we um we want to make sure y'all are aware. Uh we are going to record early next week because uh, some uh, doofus had to have his birthday on, on next Thursday. So um, we're going to be recording early and we have a special guest probably. Yeah, no, definitely the last guest of the year. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, and then the following week, um, which is the week of Christmas, will will that is that, is that when we're doing the book of the month or is it in between Christmas and New Year's? Uh, the book of the month because let's see next week is the so we're recording on the 17th next week um so it'd probably be yeah. the 26th oh so we can do the yeah because we can um right. we might do a sunday episode on the 22nd and then right. yeah, we can probably get together around thursday the 20th that would be the, the yeah that would be the last possible right thursday so yeah okay so assuming that's when we do it uh for those that um didn't listen last week or haven't been on the forums or anything like that the book of the month is we're doing uh we're doing host's choice this this month rather than a poll and the choice was Shabutes alone uh our our friend and listener Zhao Antunes gave us uh park bench and alone each of us a copy of both books um a couple months back which was very kind of him so we decided to pick one of them so we picked alone and we are going to uh do a deep dive on that in a few weeks so if you want to play along still plenty of time to get yourself a copy from in stock trades or amazon or wherever i believe uh, Ian treated himself for his birthday he has it so he, yeah he's right yeah respect uh and then in your travels uh i as dap alluded do a thing in our facebook group each week called the best thing i've read this week just to get everybody talking about what's really grooving for them uh, and I changed the title this week to the best thing I read this year. Uh, and I, it is true. It is not hyperbole. I, I, I barring some other st- stunning work that I come across in the next three weeks of the year. Uh, this will likely be my book of the year, uh, spoiler warning for our Oclaskers. Uh, and the way I discovered it is just so awesomely random I got a Barnes and Noble solicit email, basically, which I get one every day, um, and I don't generally read them, but because it's the holiday season and post Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I happen to read this one, and it was uh, a, a, a quasi solicit slash advertisement for their books of the year in each category, and their over Barnes and Noble's overall book of the year is a graphic novel uh, by Charles McKessie. Uh, called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. I had never heard of this book prior to seeing that email, uh, but I, it piqued my curiosity because any time a graphic novel gets Book of the Year love from any source, it's noteworthy. Uh, so I, I, 
I checked out the solicit, the read the little blurb, saw a bit of art from it, thought, okay, this looks cool, ordered it, read it, fell in absolute love with it. And as Vince mentioned early in the episode, uh, we've been doing the show for give or take 12 years now. My wife is an amazing woman, but she has zero interest in comics to the point that I have literally never been able to convince her to even read a single issue of a comic until this week. I read this book, and because it's a hardcover book, I handed it to her, uh, mainly because I wanted my son Holden to read it at, at his bedtime. She read it in one sitting, took about 15 minutes, a quick read, and she loved it. And then I said, I finally got you to read a comic. She said, this isn't a comic book. I <laughs> then proceeded to take the book and turn it all back and show her that it is by a Simon & Schuster imprint, which says Comics Graphic Novel Division. And she said, well, they're wrong. And I said, okay, the publisher's wrong. But regardless of all that, this is an amazing book. Uh, it truly is one of those books that I think is of the moment. Um, it is. I've tried to describe it to people as the tonic for 2019. Um, in its own way, it's 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 tackling the same kinds of things that Frank Miller tackled in, in this Batman issue, but in a much different way. Um, by basically, what, what Charles Mackesy is trying to do is give you the opposite uh, of, of what of what of what's going on in the world today. This is a book. It's, it's simple. It's uh, all about heart and love and hope and uh, finding the positivity in uh, our relationships with one another, regardless of our differences. And uh, it is very simple and elegant in its execution. Uh, the artwork is, I think, fantastic. It is uh, basically, I guess it's just a, a, a black ink watercolor brush. Would you say Vince? Yeah, it's a quilt like pen. Yeah, yeah. It's very brushy. Yeah, it's very, very brushy and, and, and uneven lines. It's it's many of the images are in essence evoking an image versus um, you know, it'll you'll know it's a fox because it's a story about a fox, but it's really just a couple squiggly lines that kind of resemble a fox shape. Uh, a horse, you'll you'll maybe see the, the 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 head of the horse a little bit tight, but the rest of the body will just be uh, watercolor blacking swirls and, and you'll just get the sense that it's the horse. Um, it makes it very airy and free flowing. Um, this book is, is one part parable, one part motivational poster and one part AA Milne. Um, it's certainly not going to be everyone's cuppa. Vince joked that this is not his kind of book. He's probably right. Um, but, but very much for those of you who uh, have a heart, uh, this, uh, this book is, it's really wonderful. I, I, it's, 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 a friend of mine said, well, isn't this really more of a children's book? And, and I think this does get to, it harkens back to a conversation I had with Jim Rugg back at Heroes a year or two ago, because Jim has got extremely esoteric tastes. And at the time he was consuming lots of children's books and he was remarking that he was considering writing a piece I think it might have been for the Comics Journal or somewhere, wherever, he, I don't think he ever wrote it, but he was thinking about writing it, making the point that children's novels, illustrated novels, um, children's books, are not really any different from, from, from comics. They're, it's really all the same art form. Um, but we put this artifice on making one versus the other. And I think this is a perfect amalgamation of that. You, you could, I'm sure, this book is, as it turns out, I've, I've since found out it's been a massive global bestseller. Um, and it's being read by lots of people who probably don't think of it as a comic, but it is very much a comic. It is illustrated sequential storytelling, and it's magnificent. It's of the moment. It's a quick read. 
It's relatively inexpensive, and I highly, highly recommend that you give this a read. So, one more time, it's The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charles McKessie. And it is pen. I took a, a better look at it. Okay. Yeah, it's pen. Cool. Quill pen. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I know this. I know the, the the nature of the story probably isn't up your alley, but but I would have thought you would appreciate the art because it is raw and no, and, I, and, I, yeah. I I do like the art a lot. I'm just I just have no. Yeah, interest. no, no, no. I, again, yeah. I went off to. I, yeah, yeah, I know this isn't. Can't everything can't be for everybody. That's right. But it is beautiful. So there you have it. Right. All right, people. You know the drill. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, we're there. Come to the Slack. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But that's my next part. Oh, I'm sorry. Shit. Yeah, you carpet bombed me. Um, should you want even more eleven o'clock comics, you are welcome to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics, where you, should you decide to do so, can have access to a special members only Slack channel that is bumping and thumping. With craziness. Today there was a lot of football talk and Christmas music talk. And I was like, what? But, you know, it happens. It happens. Take the good with the bad, Bo. That's right. It's very true. You can't be all, you know, stuffy like me and Mr. So they they humanize us in a a way. And it's beautiful and it's awesome. We would like to have you there too. So you check that out. Uh, Come back next time. Because I don't know when we're going to do another one. Maybe sooner than later. Who knows? And maybe. Uh, maybe. And in the meantime, yeah. Say goodnight. I'm clutching my James Groman bat beast as I utter this. It's true. David. Ooh. This isn't too long. Uh, I don't have a Groman. But. David. Well, if it's anything other than the bat line, you're going to have to mortgage the house to get it. Right. Ridiculous. It got, it has me feeling some kind of way, as you guys say. Like, I love his stuff, but I, it's not worth 2500 bucks. No, that's true. Well, maybe it is if someone thinks it is. It is because it's produced in such small quantities right. that it is. Right. But other than that, I mean, in terms of the amount of vinyl used, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, it's more than most. But I know, but it's still it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you had to guess without looking, how old would you say Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino are? Mm. I think they're all seventy. Like on the dot. Um, well, no, uh, they're in their 70s. I would say De Niro is <clears throat> probably the oldest of the three. Okay. He would be, like, say, 74. Okay. Then Pacino, I'm going to guess, is 73, and I'm going to go with Pesci as a flat-out 70. Okay. Dap, any thoughts? Agree, disagree? Um, I, I'm trying to think of... I, I, I saw a... I saw a photo recently that included Harvey Keitel, and I was extremely surprised that Harvey was the oldest of the four because he doesn't look it. But I think based on those three, um, I think the oldest is De Niro followed by Pacino and then Pesci. 
Okay. Actually, no, I think maybe Pacino and Pacino. I, I, no, it's it's De Niro, Pesci, then 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 Pacino is the youngest. Okay. Uh, well, since you brought up Harvey Cattell also in The Irishman, you're right. He is the oldest yeah. of those four. He's 80. Harvey Cattell is freaking 80 years old. Uh, yeah. You're both wrong, both in ages and order. The oh. oldest of that trio is Pacino, who is 79 years old. <laughs> Robert De Niro is uh, next at 76. And Joe Pesci is also 76, but four months younger. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Pesci's four months older. So Pesci, it's Pe- so it's Pacino, so De Pesci, De Niro. Yeah, wow. De Niro's the youngest by four, by, by uh, five. He's born in August, and Pesci was born in February of 43. That's so. crazy. They're old, right? It's amazing. I mean, Vince, you, you have to admit, I mean, well, maybe you didn't see it this way, but but I I, I did have a little pang of mortality watching the Irishman because uh, and I think that's by design, but 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 seeing them, I mean, they're older men now. I mean, it it isn't like they don't have that much longer to live, right? I mean, at right. least not in a, a really super healthy state, and and it's crazy because they're such iconic parts of 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 what I think of movie history. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't close the door. Keep it open a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep. I didn't have a problem with the CGI at all. In fact, I barely I, even noticed it. The only problem I I don't think I had a problem with the CGI. I did have a problem though with the fact that and and it's that's just that's 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 the way things are. They still moved like old men. Yeah, like, that's what it, I was going to say. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. He yeah. Looked, it looked okay as a younger dude, mm-hmm. but he still had that 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 old man swagger. That just he just I mean, and I'm not saying they could have gotten a younger dude and just put his head on it, but it just yeah. The, so there were little things like that where I was like, well, that's. I mean, he still told the story. That's still fine. It was still him and whatever. But yeah, there was still like you said. Yeah, it, it's just their physiques too. I mean, we've seen De Niro in mobster suits so many times, and he was felt right. And, yeah, and yeah, he was felt, and and they're they're older men now, so they have big burly bodies and. They do move slowly, so I agree. I actually, I'm with you, Vince. I thought that CGI was terrific. I, I really didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed one way or the other if it's just the fact that that it's hard not to. I mean, obviously there had to be something going on given how much they age and de-age them. But, but uh, yeah, I'm with you, Dad. But I thought the, the the physical part of it was the, the more of the tell because, um, like, we know what a young, vibrant Bobby De Niro looks like. Yeah. So. But it didn't take it anyway. I don't think that took it in any way away from me enjoying the film. It was, I mean, we 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 started it late. My my, my wife did did tap out shortly before it, it it ended. And I know that you know I yeah they're, they're the people on on Twitter who let you know you know where to where to stop it if you want to turn it into a four part miniseries. But I I saw it all. There there were I didn't. Um, I, I I did enjoy it. I I don't dislike the story at all. I I think um, you know it, it's I as I'm as I was sitting there watching it. There were times where I was like that, was, and and I mean, but again, it's like it's like people who want to complain about about a Bendis comic or a Morrison comics. Like they they have certain beats, and and you know, like you just they're telling their story, and and that's just the way it is. And you got to go along with it. And and there were times where I was like, you know. In 
other places I'd you know be looking at my watch saying, okay, we can wrap this up. Why are we lingering on this? But it it was all it all served the purpose and and I get that. Definitely. Hell of a job. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Remember, like a boomerang. We're going to be coming back soon, so prepare yourself. Like a boomerang, he says. That's right. I like oh, it. I should watch that movie. Love that movie. Because we're out of here. We're out of here. And we love you. <laughs>